Come and celebrate DJ Screw's birthday with your fellow Screw heads this Monday, July 20th on Zoom. All ticket sales from this event are going straight to Screwed Up Records and Tapes. Proceeds raised from this visual event will be applied towards renovations of the Screwed Up Records and Tapes location on 3538 Fuqua in Houston and the restoration of DJ Screw's original Impala. Make sure you head over to djscrewbirthdayparty.splashthat.com to reserve your ticket. That's djscrewbirthdayparty.splashthat.com. Fuck it, man. Now I'm excited, so let's get into it. Let's. We need to bump in music, man. Let's start. What's the deal? It's no D, baby. Huh? Got more yo, po yo, and my boy ESG, Sammy Sosa, the freestyle kings in here. You know what I'm saying? We love that. We respect that. But in Texas, Louisiana, we talk about that. Man. Yo, make say. I was getting the pipe to the head night. Coming down, got a potent ass purpose fight. I hit the boulevard red. So, what's this a diss song? No, man, they respect it. They said at the beginning, they, they respect the woe. We say, man. Okay, I got you. And this is way more swaggier and wavier than man. You know, woe, too, by the way. Sorry, New York. Took your shit and made it better. Dog, I know I'm supposed to intro this podcast somehow, but I this, 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 this song got me too hype now, man. I can't I can't even get my thoughts together. Man. I want to go punch something. Yes. Twenty years, man. Twenty years. Okay, okay, I got to stop, I got to stop, I got to stop, I got to I could head not this forever, though. You play this on repeat. You know how YouTube makes those edits of 10-hour-long songs? Yeah. I could probably bump this for 10 hours, dog, until I start getting tired of it, so. Classic song, uh, and shout-out to Brandon Caldwell. He told us that this today is the 20th anniversary of Big Mo's album, City of Syrup. So I did not know that, but yes, the classic salute. album, classic time for hip hop, uh, especially Houston hip hop. And everybody bumped that today. You was bumping June 27th on June 27th. This is this is City of Syrup Day. So yeah. bump that album, <laughs> streaming, get them streaming numbers up. Facts. Let's do the damn thing. Is this yes. ESG? Hey boy, ESG on it too, man. We gotta get ESG on this podcast too. Man. We haven't had him. It's so He'd be hard to pin down in this quarantine thing. I don't it's know so, what he's doing. It's hard. To, I keep reaching out to him, man. Like it's hard to get. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Big Pokey is like low key, maybe my favorite Houston rapper. Dog. Really? Like the way he, he be ripping tracks up, man. Like he, his solo work too. It's I'm a big fan actually. I don't know, like there's, it, it's tough at the top because I was a big fan of Chameleon Air when he mm-hmm. first came out and all this stuff, but Big Pokey Loki is, I think, one of the best lyricists in Houston, honestly, man. He's heavily slept on. Uh, 
Look at that, man. <laughs> ripped it up. Ripped it up. Great lyricist. We, dog. Uh, I'm too hyped, man. I'm trying to calm down, oh, yeah. dog. I'm excited. We talk about the Houston Hip Hop Museum. We talk about all this stuff going on. Great for the culture. And it's a great time to be in Houston, Texas, man. It's always great to be in Houston, Texas, but especially great now since our culture is coming back into the limelight. We're appreciating the legends like we should be, and mm-hmm. we holding it down, man. So appreciate y'all joining our podcast again, <laughs> listening. We have a whole lot to talk about, a whole week of fuckery. Real quick. We gonna break down. Real quick, I realize I'm officially a Houstonian because I was talking to my guys from Cleveland, and um, he lightweight tried to shade Lil Flip. He was oh, like, no. He was like, man, what Lil Flip got, man? He got, what, like two songs? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, hold on. No, whoa. man. Yes. I'm like, nah, man. I ain't, I'm not letting you do that because we actually did a uh, a versus battle. Well, I was kind of part of it. We did mm-hmm. like a little versus battle on um, FaceTime. It was T.I. versus Rick Ross. So afterwards, he was like, man, you should do something. I'm like, man, Lil Flip ain't got nothing, man. I'm like, man, you tripping. Whoa. Yeah, I'm like, nah. Like, I ain't going to let you do that, man. Like, nah, this dude yeah. is a legend down here. If you're, if you're going from 1999 to 2004? Yeah, that's, nah, Lil Flip, Lil Flip was on fire, man. Like, like don't don't let the Lil, don't let the, the T.I. be fool you. Yes, like, yes. It may have happened and it may have led to some you know uh, very fascinating demise. But <laughs> when it came to rapping, like yeah. there may be no greater pure freestyling in the history of using hip hop the world. For, like, sh- for sure. Was a wonder kid. For like sure. yeah. literally just you throw on you just throw on a beat, you'll go off like 17 minutes straight and not repeat a bar. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree, man. Like, I, you know, I'm, that's when I realized I was a fish, officially a Houstonian. Where I'm like, nah, I, I probably wouldn't have said that if I never moved here. But since I've been down here, I'm like, nah, man. Like, nah, I actually seen the shit he did and the work he put in. I heard some shit that everybody else probably didn't, never heard. So I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't let you do that, man. <laughs> I, I am a proud member of the Lil Flip Defense Force, man. I have been since the TIB, since I've had to argue with so many people. Nah, little people sleep on Lil Flip, man. Uh, this dude's a legend. I don't care what T.I. said about him and that fake-ass beef he created that <laughs> didn't have nothing to do with nothing. He lied about a diss that never happened. <laughs> and I, I missed Lil Flip a couple times, man. He's super nice, dog. Yeah, I can't even imagine meeting him and having beef with him, honestly, on any kind of tip like that. So mm-hmm. I think T.I. was a bitch for that. I'll be real. <laughs> and I've, I've been defending Lil Flip since that beef started, man. I've been taking my blows and I've been rolling with it. So I'm a proud member of the Lil Flip Defense Force, man. I, I don't yeah, man. find to that beef shit. Yeah, man. I, I agree with you, man. I Yeah, I couldn't let that disrespect go on. I'm like, nah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, people tripping. Just because he made Sunshine, everybody want to sleep. Nah, that yeah. was one song, dog. That was one song. He got a that, whole catalog. That was a hard song, though. That, and that was Sunshine was his, terrible. That was Sunshine was terrible. He was a superstar <laughs> during that time, man. I'll but, treat you like milk. Was. I'll do nothing but spoil you. But Sunshine nah, was bad. That man. was a that like, was his there's, usual. There's a reason why we clown Jay Z's version of Sunshine. It's not <laughs> nah. It's yeah. That was yeah, a, that was that, a huge record. But yeah, <laughs> naming a song "Sunshine" is a curse, man. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no, but nobody do it again, please. Yeah. Jay Z's worst. That's song. why the best sunshines are with ain't no in front of it. Okay. Yes. Dmx. <laughs> the Withers. Speaking of, X gotta go up against Snoop Dogg Wednesday in versus. Yes. I, we yeah. gotta talk about that too, man. We gonna break it down. Yeah, we gonna break it down all the weeks of fuckery, but yeah. uh. First off, let's introduce the podcast we always do. Quick welfare check on our uh, cast of characters. Of course, y'all know Brandon Caldwell joining us again today as well. Uh, but Figgy, what you been up to, man? Man, I'm How you ch- doing? I'm good, man. I'm officially on vacation. So um, okay. I'm, I'm off all next week from In The Loop. So I'm excited about that. This is my first paid vacation. Oh, so, nice. Um, it feel good to get paid and actually chill. <laughs> but first off, Brandon Caldwell, of course, you already heard his voice. Uh, joins us again man how you doing bro how you holding up i know it's been busy for you as well man it's it's always it's always fascinating on this side of the world bro it's um a matter of getting pulled in like 19 different directions and working on new projects and appreciating not only life but also you know just being thankful that i can stay my ass inside and not be involved in the fuckery of the world but yeah sometimes the fuckery of the world just comes to my nose like <laughs> i literally find you, had man. Bro, like when I tell you, I'm just I'm in my office chilling. There's a whole argument in my backyard, like on some real, um, some real day day and uh, whatever um, Tamla Jones' character name was in uh, next Friday. Next Friday, it's legit like going at it. I'm like, do I like pull out my phone and just start like recording? <laughs> like I can literally hear them. Like they like she yelling at me, cussing this dude out. And the bad part about it is, like, she's sitting down, expressing herself. He's sitting Indian style, looking simple, as my mother would say. Oh, no. So, <laughs> it was funny. You know, it was funny in a messed up kind of way, but, you know, that's that's my, that's my been my life. Like, I've had a little bit of drama in my own backyard, but right now, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be with y'all. Another Saturday. It's, the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, slabs is riding. <laughs> still, I say, you still can't go to... Uh, Still can't go to the Shake Club, but that is what it is. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I'm, I feel real good. I feel real good. Yeah, we're always glad to have Brandon on in general, but very glad to have him on in this case because we have a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things <laughs> to break down, and we know he is a, a connected man. Ha, he yeah. is like the uh, he is like the uh, Houston Black Tyrion ha. of the uh, hip hop Game of Thrones. <laughs> he knows things. He's the we're gonna poke and prod and see what he knows about certain things going on with certain rappers. He's the um, hip, he's the hip hop Mark Berman from uh, <laughs> what station he worked for. I forgot what station, but yeah, he's the hip hop. Uh, he's Fox 26, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's Berman's the, Fox 26. <laughs> yeah, Go he's Berman. the black <laughs> Berman. I heard that Grinky interview, by the way. That was hilarious too. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. We yeah. digress. We gotta talk about new releases now. Um, really only two songs came out that I bothered to hear. Y'all know what they are. Uh, DJ Khaled dropped a, uh, some Drake songs. They are called uh, Pop Star and Grease. And uh, first off, announcement, uh, Drake has acquired a new accent. <laughs> <laughs> you count the weekend as, a, as an accent? Yeah, I, I mean, it's French. I, I don't know if, if Weekend was doing a whole French thing, too, but it does sound w- very Weekend-ish, yeah. that song Grease. <laughs> um, he's kind of rapping in French a little bit. Uh, the pop star <laughs> one is more traditional Drake. Uh, what do you guys... I'll be honest, I didn't like either of these songs. I felt like Drake could have kept them. 
But no. Figgy, we'll start with you, man. What's your take on these uh, uh, Drake singles? Were they living up to the hype? Um, I don't think so, man. I the, the one question I will ask is, I feel like this is a DJ Khaled rollout. And I feel like DJ Khaled always get the, throw, uh, the throwaways as far as, like, big artists. So I feel like he get throwaway Jay-Z versus, uh, throwaway Drake versus. So uh, I feel like it's one of these. So I, I really wasn't too mad at Drake for this one. But the Grease song, I didn't like the Grease song at all. And I had to double-check my phone a couple times to make sure it wasn't Weekend. Because <laughs> it sounded exactly <laughs> like Weekend. And I'm not sure if they're cool or not, but... I don't think they're that cool anymore because um, uh, Drake is rocking with Party Next Door. But this sounds too much like Weekend. It sounds like a Weekend song. So, um, yeah, it, it, to me, it almost didn't even sound like Drake. Like, I had to make sure it wasn't nobody else on the song. But I didn't like that song, The Pop Star. The Pop Star was kind of generic to me. To me, it seemed like he was, he, he kind of, it seemed like another throwaway that Drake had in the cut and decided to just get at the Khaled and let him roll oh, with it. My dog keeps wanting to break in and give his Drake thoughts. So give me a joke. <laughs> keep dog, going with oh, you good. But um, I thought that song was all right, but I don't see it lasting that long. I feel like it's going to be a, um, I feel like because of Khaled, he will probably throw this song in our face so many times and radio going to play it so many times, but, I don't think it's going to stick with the people. I, I, I haven't really seen anybody, you know, pumping their fist to this song. Yeah, man, I agree. Um, and about the weekend thing, uh, Drake implied in that Rap Radar interview that he was cool with the weekend again, and they kind of squashed any beef they have. So I, I don't know how the weekend feels because we already know how he feels about people biting his shit. He had that beef with Usher about that Climax song that's super old now, and he's still talking about that. So I'll be interested to see how maybe The Weeknd was involved in this somehow. I didn't see the writing credits. I don't know if he was credited for anything, but I would be interested to see how The Weeknd feels about this song, knowing how protective he is about his style mm -hmm. and his, 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 the way he makes music, you know, getting mad at Usher like he did. So... Very interesting, but I agree, man. These songs, pop star, I will probably never listen to again. Like it was, <laughs> I didn't hate it. I got through it, but I didn't enjoy. Like it was a what? It was one of those Drake throwaway songs. There's so many Drake throwaways, man, and that's kind of sad because he's such a good artist. But a lot of his music is just is cool in the moment you're hearing it, but you don't you don't ever feel like going back to it. Yeah, and these two are basically great examples of that. Uh, so Brandon, how do you feel about these two Drake songs, man? Were you feeling them yourself? Well, like Grease already got leaked like earlier this year. So when, um, it first came about this way, I initially thought like they reworked the record, things of that age, but yeah, it's to the same thing. So when I just kind of like sat with it for a minute, I was like, hmm, it's all right. Like, I really think that Drake has released a lot of I music recently, and Popstar may be the one record that like people like gravitate towards, but only because like the punch lines. Yeah. And like, because again, Drake will give you music for IG captions, 
Like that yep. is his whole <laughs> mo. <laughs> so you get at least two IG captions off a of Drake record, then it's a, then it's a hit or something. So me personally, like I don't think I'm going to consistently be revisiting these songs in these records, but I'm just going to be like, okay. So whatever Khaled is banking on these days, as much as I love his hustle, I just think that the formula of getting these big names for these records and kind of like, you know, getting out of the way, it's not working the same as it did when he was like absolute like hot, hot in like say 2015 when he got yeah. lost at sea on the uh, <laughs> on Snapchat. Uh, also, almost forgot to mention because I got so hype off the... Uh, the uh, uh, Big Mo and ESG song. I was head nodding too hard, but we got to mention uh, R.I.P. to John Lewis. Uh, of course, the congressman and civil rights activist died this week at uh, the age of 80. Uh, rest in peace to him, of course. And also rest in peace to Naya Rivera. Um, she was found this week. Uh, of course, everybody knows the story. Uh, she was in Glee, the TV show, and uh, so now we got to transition from that into fuckery. So <laughs> what we going I don't with? know how to do it, but what are we going with? First? Uh, so what should we hit first? Oh uh, boy! Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I'm thinking. Oh yeah! And by the way, if you're listening, uh, make, we will have Shelby uh, Shelby Stewart, who is starting the Hip Hop Museum in Houston. Uh, she will be joining us in this podcast as well in the audio version. So check that out. But Right now, we will talk about. Hmm, fuck it. I need my Perry Mason music, man. Let, let's go straight into it. <laughs> we have a mystery to solve, folks. Who done it? Who done? Well, we know who done it. Maybe. But the, the way things have unfolded here, yes. we got to crack this case, man. We got to put on our fedoras and our trench coats. Uh, we got to get our gumshoe on and we got to figure out who shot Meg the Stallion in the foot, apparently. <laughs> very, very, very odd case going on here in, with our local legendary artist, Meg the Stallion. Okay. Apparently, the first thing that came out, and my timeline might be wrong, so correct me if I'm wrong. This is what I saw come out in the timeline I saw it. First off, it is announced that uh, Tory Lanez had been arrested for a gun charge after leaving a party with Megan Thee Stallion and Kylie Jenner. And this, this was at Kylie Jenner's place, correct? Or the Jenner's or somewhere house. Close to it, yes. Yeah. Or somewhere close to it. So they were all involved, and Megan Thee Stallion was specifically named as somehow suffering an injury by stepping on glass that came outside the SUV. But the uh, Tory Lanez was arrested for a gun charge. Police responded to shots fired. Apparently shots were fired in the air, allegedly. And Tory Lanez got arrested. So, of course, the jokes were flying. We found out that Tory Lanez is like 5'3". So short jokes were coming in (laughs) relentlessly. And shortly after that, we actually learned that Megan the Stallion had gotten shot in her foot and she had been transported to the hospital and got surgery on it. Uh, somehow TMZ didn't report this. Somehow TMZ didn't report any of this as it <laughs> broke. And this was put, basically put out by her and her team and other news outlets. So 
Very interesting there. It is reported that she got shot in the foot and now people were, the rumors were flying again. Was it Jay Prince? Was it Carl Crawford? <laughs> the room like, who shot Megan Thee Stallion? And then uh, she puts up a post and let me actually go ahead and, well, the initial post basically said that she didn't like the rumors that were going around. So she told everybody that she had gotten shot. Um, the way she described the gunshot, I never heard anybody describe it like that before. She said a, a gun was fired with the intent to harm or something like that. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. I got a statement right here. She said on Sunday morning, I suffered a gunshot wound as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the attention to physically harm me. I was never, yeah, I've never, yeah, I've never heard anybody describe getting shot like that. Yeah. Yeah, she said, so I, was, I was never arrested. The police officers drove me to the hospital where I underwent surgery to remove the bullets. I'm incredibly grateful to be alive and that I expected to make a full recovery, but it was important to me to clarify the details about that traumatic night. That was her first statement. Yes. And like I said, very strange. I never heard anybody describe getting shot like that. Uh, I suffered gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically harm me. You could just say somebody shot me. But uh, Lil Jew made some comments to her producer as well. He's from Houston. And he made some threats at Tory Lanez, but he deleted it. And then the rumors started flying that Tory Lanez might have shot her. And of course, the memes are flying this whole time, as they usually do. Uh, everybody speculating why Tory Lanez might have done this. Um, there was a particular one I think that probably picked, pissed her off. The clip from Harlem Nights of Eddie Murphy shooting Della Reese in the, in the foot. <laughs> so I think that might actually made her make another statement because she did say this on Twitter. She said, Black women are so unprotected and we hold so many things in to, in to protect the feelings of others without concerning our own. It might be funny to y'all on the internet and just another messy topic for you to talk about, but this is my real life and I'm real life hurt and traumatized. So after this, apparently the, F, the uh, police are now investigating Tory Lanez for shooting Megan Thee Stallion. So we have all the facts laid out as we know them right now. My first question would really be, if Megan Thee Stallion was shot, why was she not immediately, why was this not immediately a, a shooting case where Tory Lanez was charged with something? Why did they find out through social media? And what what are y'all thoughts, man? I want to get y'all y'all opinion on this. Uh, Figgy, we'll start with you, man. What, what, what do you think about this whole scenario? I, I had that same question too, man. I I felt because I heard her first statement was she stepped on something. And that's why her foot was messed up. So she originally she was trying to cover it up. Like, you know, you know, it's nothing to uh, look at here. And then it came out pretty much her saying that she was shot. And it sounded like she was going at Tory saying a, a crime was committed at me. So I think that's when people start looking at Tory because um, the, I, I want to say the first report was he got caught with a gun in the car and Meg was in the car. That's the first story I seen. 
So I'm thinking like, damn, he just got caught um, with a gun. And then that's when the story of, you know, she stepped on something and her foot was messed up. So I was wondering like, how, what did that have to do with anything? And then that's when we got the story of, you know, she was shot in the foot. And that's when she came, that's when she came out with it. So I feel like something funky was going on because we getting all type of stories. And I think they trying to cover it up. I don't know if um, Kylie Jenner has something to do with this because she was at the little you no know, pool party or whatever they was having. So I don't know. I, and I didn't even think they was a couple. I didn't even think um, Meg and Tori was a real couple. I thought they was just cool. I thought everybody there was just cool. So it, it to me, it looked like they got into an argument and he pulled out his gun. And... You know, and then the story is, I guess they paint the narrative. Uh, she was trying to leave out the out the vehicle, and that's when it happened. So I think I, that's one side of the story. I would like to know what was really going on or what caused the argument. But yeah, it, it is pretty interesting that TMZ never reported none of this. And you know, maybe maybe the Jenners had something to do with it. If it, if they was involved in the same thing. I'm not sure, but it's it's super strange. It is. And I still don't know if uh, Meg was uh, and Tori Lane were actually dating. I, I feel like she just fucked with a bunch of dudes. And it is what it is. Same thing with the G-Eazy thing. You know, everybody thought there was a couple and she shot that down. So I don't know if they were actually a couple or they were just fucking around for a night and things got messy. But... Now we got to get the insider info, man. Brandon, I know you know people in the city. I know you talk to people. I know you talk to people, man. Don't try to deny it. You know, you know mm-hmm. something going on. You know mm-hmm. a little bit more than what's been reported. So we got to poke and pry, man. So what what do you think happened? And what's your opinion on this whole debacle with Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez? All right, I've thrown on my gumshoe hat. You know, <laughs> it's been asked to me um, a couple times, how did this go down? How did this all happen? And I will break it down to you like this. So, Magnus Stallion is literally the Mother Teresa of hip hop. Yes. She is friends with everybody. She is cool to kick it with anybody. And we've seen her and Tory Lanez kick it a few times, a few occasions, you know, dating back to the Rock Nation from March back in January, you know, quarantine radio, that too, right? So, Max Friendly. Meg is harmless. All Meg does is twerk, teach empowerment, mm. and, go to, and go to college. It's about it. It's about go it. Go to college. So, <laughs> so then, so then we we fast forward to sat, Saturday nights, and Meg and her best friend Kelsey, who ironically enough decides to say, "Hey, I was in the car. I was present, but I ain't shoot nobody." <laughs> okay. Well, we know that Meg didn't shoot herself. So obviously by um, deductive reasoning, by, you know, process of elimination as they teach you in elementary school, one person could have shot it. If you ain't do it, and you in the backseat. And I don't think your aim is like this to do, what, to do that. So, I want to say that it was a an argument that occurred to the point where, you know, somebody got a little bit offended. And instead of using their words to kind of smooth the argument out and take everybody back to their their particular parties, it got extra. Now, did Megan Thee Stallion need to be shot? No. 
is Megan Thee Stallion absolutely right in feeling, you know, offended that people are making jokes and making light of the fact that she got shot? Yes. Is Tory Lanez probably going to get deported if he does catch an assault with a deadly weapon charge? Yeah. <laughs> Did he undo all the goodwill of quarantine radio? Yeah. Yeah. Did Lil Jew also get on Twitter once it was revealed that Tory Lanez probably shot Megan Thee Stallion and hit, hit everybody with the boozy uh, gif of I told y'all niggas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so again, Jew knows because Jew is close to Meg yeah. in ways that, you know, just because you produce like the big single, no, y'all have like a, a great working relationship. So you're close, you're in that inner circle. Kelsey's her best friend. So if her best friend is going to be in the back seat. May no way she gonna do it because that'd be absolutely goddamn ridiculous, right? So, for the initial way the story came out, it was as Fig broke down earlier. Tory got Tory got arrested on a gun charge. Oh, okay. Police report comes out. Tory Lanez is five foot three hundred twenty pounds. <laughs> cue all the short jokes. Cue, cue all the short <laughs> jokes. Say that man's petite. All there, right? Because again, if it's a man and some short jokes coming, it's gonna be funny. Like you're just gonna laugh and you just gonna have to take it, right? You just gonna have to take it. And then, you know, he's like, oh man, Meg cut up on the glass. I hope she's okay. And then it elevated to Meg telling us, I got a shot. <laughs> uh TMZ. Y- y'all know every damn thing. How, how y'all know Megan get shot? Our sword is at the LAPD. He said nothing of the sword. New Kobe died before anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And too. I want yeah. they they man reported that while he was probably still in the plane or in the helicopter. That's how fast they reported that. Yeah, it took ESPN. Yeah, that was a weird Sunday, bro. It's, it's so a ESPN, that was a weird Sunday. It took ESPN like an hour to actually confirm it. Yeah, because they did journalistic type stuff as opposed to PNC yeah. trying to be first. <laughs> so that's why I said this wouldn't even know no Jenner type stuff, right? I was saying this is TMZ works hard, but Rock Nation definitely works hard. Yeah. Because the last time Rock Nation got embarrassed like this, it was a certain elevator fight mm-hmm. at the Met Gala, and the footage got out. And from that day on, TMZ has been like public enemy number one behind the scenes right now. Like, oh no, y'all not I say if something happened one of ours, nope. Mm-mm. Ain't gonna jump on it this time. <laughs> so again, people are like, Meg needs a publicist, Meg needs to sit down somewhere. No, Megan Stallion can live her life. The existence of Megan Stallion does not beget violence upon Megan Stallion. Let Meg be Meg. You're not in those scenarios. You're not in those rooms. You're not in those scenarios. Nothing. You're just being extra. You'd be funny for some kikis and some retweets and some likes. Like, bruh, like, it's not funny putting that woman's head on Ricky from Boys in the Hood body. And Tory Lane <laughs> is the dude in the, um, the end of. Matter of fact, I want to. Hey, Lloyd Avery did some foul shit in his, uh, in his time on screen in John Singleton movies. How you kill Ricky and you kill Tutti and Q-Tip in back-to-back movies? <laughs> like, damn. Like, you got a hell of a body count, sir. But, oh, man. Yeah, man. Like, I, you know, people were talking about, I hope, I'm going to say, thank God, me, uh, Tory Man shot Meg in the foot. 
because if he shot a, a good twerk in the it might have been all over. Like, bro, like, <laughs> can we just make sure Meg's okay, like, mentally and physically? Because again, the girl has endured plenty in the last two years. She lost the grandmama, she lost the mom. Like, back to back, bro. And you still are now reaping on all the success, all these endorsements, all these different people trying to be in your ear. And basically, you thought somebody who was a friend of yours, real cool person, decided to get the blicky and pop off <laughs> and, and, and try to shoot like he Yosemite Sam. Because he always does when Yosemite Sam shoot when he's mad, he <laughs> shoots down to pop himself up. So... I am going to say I hope Meg is okay. I hope mentally, I hope mentally she's being you know protected. I hope there is a praying grandmother out there for her that it may not be her paternal grandmother, but it's a, a, a community of people holding her close. And for Tory Lands, I just hope and pray that uh you know they don't they don't send you away, brother, because all that goodwill of the quarantine radio and the album and standing up for um Jill Scott when Kyle Quero said what he said. Done. It's a wrap. I wonder what they was arguing about. Or I wonder how it started because it gotta be a lot for a guy to pull out a gun on some on um matter of fact, why are you taking a gun to a dinner party in the first place? Yeah, if this happened at a, a, a college dinner party. Like what happens at those parties though? I need to be a little bit it had to be some with him just getting embarrassed bad. Yeah, I feel and he was probably drunk and emotional. Now mm-hmm. we don't we don't know the facts yet, so I don't I don't want to come out and just throw it on a man and say like, look, even Meg the Stallion won't come out and say, yeah, Tory Lane shot me. Yeah. She just said I was shot and I'm traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we're just implying they like you said context clues. We're figuring out like, okay, you're the one with the gun. This was a party where only you guys were involved in, and she got shot. So, mm-hmm. I, I, but I, I won't judge until the all the facts are out. But I. Of course, we all we all want Megan to be okay. We're hoping for her speedy recovery and everything. You know, getting shot has to be traumatic, traumatic no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. I will defend some of the jokes though, <laughs> because Uh-oh. I'll be honest, man. The way this this news was rolled out to us, we didn't know what happened. So you know how Black Twitter is. Mm-hmm. If the initial story was Tory Lane shoots Meg the Stallion, Meg transported to the hospital. Tory Lanez arrested. I don't think there would be nearly as many jokes as there were when we were just guessing what happened. You know, the issue was the way this news was divulged to us. Like we we thought it was all kind of a joke at first, right? You know, and then plus her them saying that she stepped on glass, and, and that's how I don't understand how you could confuse a glass with a bullet. Two, you no. Know, Two bullets yeah. in the foot. Now, I have to say getting shot in the foot is kind of funny. I'm not saying women should be getting shot anywhere, but like like the Harlem Night scene said, like getting shot, the foot's just a funny place to get shot in, you know? So I'm not saying it's funny that it happened to her, but the situation is comedic in itself. So... I don't think anybody wished any harm on Meg Thee Stallion. We just thought this was weird because, like Brandon said, she's so well-liked. Who would want to shoot Megan Thee Stallion? You know? So that's why this whole thing just felt weird and kind of funny to us because we all think it's absurd. It's just completely absurd that anybody would even want to shoot Megan Thee Stallion. 
do y'all do y'all think it's maybe it was a mistake maybe well that may well see that may make it worse if you think about it yeah because i mean it was it's a bunch of situations where somebody getting into an argument with somebody else and the other person that had nothing to do with it end up shot so i wonder if it's that type of situation like you said she never get into it with anybody everybody likes her so i wonder was it a mistake she said in the statement it was done with the intent to harm her so i don't like that implies that somebody took the gun and like literally was trying to shoot her and shot her in the foot i don't know i don't know we'll we'll figure things out i think this this eventually tory lane's going to jump up and you know defend himself in some form of fashion because you know how most people defend themselves these days which is an ios notes apology Mm -hmm. so we're going to get that eventually because he has, you know, released himself from jail. You know, he bailed himself out, and you know, it'll be it's gonna be going on a week tomorrow because we're recording this right now. Uh, if I held up a newspaper, it is Saturday, July eighteenth, twenty twenty, at two thirty eight p.m. So if anything were to happen to Tory Lanes, and he happened to you know be very vocal about what occurred, because you know everybody's on him the same way they're on Nick Cannon to varying degrees. Yes. Um, he'll go out and say it. But for right now, I think he's doing the best thing, which is like just keep quiet, you know what I'm saying? Talk to a lawyer. Um, kind of sit this one out. Cause bruh, how you shoot how you shoot hip hop mother Teresa? Yeah, if you can if that's exact if that's what occurred. How do you do that? How? And you sing love songs? <laughs> Sir, how? I, I'm gonna say if it if this ends up that he intentionally shot Megan Thee Stallion, oh he's done. Then y- y'all thought Daniel Caesar got canceled. Now nah, Tory Lanez Tory's will done. never make another hit again in his life. Tory is he done. will never I, have another feature. He is done in this industry if he actually yeah. shot Megan Thee Stallion. Jay Z will make yeah. sure of it. And I think he going to he jail. Done. I think he going to yeah. jail. Because this right now he's just dealing with a felony gun charge, and a felony yeah, gun charge in California. If you're not from here, you know you're you're not from the country. A little spicy, yeah. A little spicy. A gun charge ain't fun at all in any state. <laughs> but yeah, it, on t- that, especially not t- New York. Yeah, that's instant one to three. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It will be interesting to see if she presses charges. I do think, and she kind of referenced this in her uh, tweet. Um, I do think Megan Thee Stallion is somebody who don't really like drama like that. You know, she didn't even want to go public with the whole Carl Crawford situation. I think her hand was kind of forced with Rock Nation dealing with that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think she likes really being involved in any of this stuff. So I don't even know if she's going to press charges. But yeah, if, if, if this is actually what happened, then he is done. He's out this industry. So, and he, he'll be in jail for a while too. So (laughs) We will we'll, we will keep an eye on this and keep y'all updated on any new events and things we learn. But that was a good transition, Brandon, talking about Nick Cannon, because we got to talk about that now, too. <laughs> a new cancellation tour 2020 continues. Uh, and Nick Cannon is next on Come the on Summer Jam screen. <laughs> Come hey, on play, the prices, play the prices Right music on that. Yeah, we man. do need Price Right music, man. Being, <laughs> R.I.P. Cleverly, I think she used that a lot too. So, uh, yes, Nick. There are Cannon. layers to this one. 
<laughs> they're, they're layers, layers. Dog, we this could be a whole podcast in and, in and of itself talking about Nick Cannon's podcast. <laughs> so, we, we, yes, here we go. Come on down, Nick. You knew him from Nickelodeon. You know him from Wild and Out. You know him from uh, collaborating with R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cannon is next up on the cancellation tour, man. Uh, and you might be wondering why he's getting canceled. Well, it's a spicy, it's a multitude of reasons, but mainly yeah. one. He had a podcast. Uh, I think it's more of a YouTube show. Uh, he has a show called Canon's Class. And on this show, he brings in people, you know, with varying degrees of knowledge, usually uh, more, more about black empowerment. Um, and he had Pro- Professor Griff on this. Uh, Pro- Professor Griff was from Public Enemy, uh, the, the funny thing about this is not really funny, but it's kind of funny. The podcast was about Professor Griff explaining why he got canceled for anti-Semitic <laughs> comments and Nick Cannon got canceled for anti-Semitic comments made on his podcast. <laughs> so I, I listened to the entire thing. I watched the entire thing just for context because I didn't want to judge anything based off of just a, a one minute Twitter clip. Mm-hmm. So basically, the things that got him the the things that got the most attention on social media were two things. Number one, Nick Cannon goes off on black people being the true Hebrews and the black relationship with the Jews, Jewish people, and how Jewish people control basically the entire media that we consume. You know, six corporations control everything, as we all know. Uh, so he also made comments about th- this, this whole podcast was like the textbook definition of Hotep. I'll say that much too. <laughs> I know people throw Hotep around a whole lot and say, oh, you being a Hotep now. Nah, man, this had every Hotep point in it. It had <laughs> melanin activation. It had the emasculation of black men. It had... The, the numerology, it had every topic that Hotep's beyond, man. It was a very Hotep episode <laughs> of the podcast. And Professor Griff is talking about his experiences, and Nick Cannon is doing most of the talking, you know. So he goes off on the Black people being the, the true Hebrews, and he also says that, well, we'll play the clip. You got the clip, yeah. right, Figgy? Play the clip. This is what he said about Black people who lack melanin. <laughs> using his words then let's go let's let's go to what it really is then when we talk about the power of melanated people when we talk mm-hmm. about who we really are as gods and, and understanding right. that our melanin is so power and it connects us in a way that the reason why they fear black the reason why they fear is because they the lack that they have of it so then when you see what you know dr uh francis c wellsling talked about is that Fear in that 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 uh, genetic that annihilation deficiency of mm-hmm. when you have a person that has has the lack of pigment, the right. lack of melanin, right. that they know that they will be annihilated. So therefore, however they got the power, they 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 have the lack of compassion. Mm-hmm. That mel- melanin comes with compassion. Melanin comes with soul. That mm-hmm. we call it. We call it soul. We soul brothers and sisters. That's the melanin that connects us. Right. So the people that don't have it have are are. A li- and I'm, I'm gonna say this carefully. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, a little less, uh, and 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 where the term actually comes from? Because I'm bringing it all the way back around okay. to, to Minister Farrakhan, to where they may not have the compassion 
or the the when they were sent to the mountains of Caucasus when they when they didn't have the power of the sun that was that the sun then started to deteriorate mm -hmm. them so then they're acting out of fear they're acting out of low self-esteem they're acting out of a, a deficiency mm -hmm. so therefore the only way that they can act is evil the only way they can they, they have to rob steal rape kill and fight or flight okay. in, or, in order to survive exactly so then these people who didn't have what we had and when i say we i speak of the mm -hmm. melanated people right they had to be savages they had to be barbaric they had because they're in these Nordic mountains. They're in these rough, uh, torrential environments. Mm. So they they're acting as animals. Right. So they're the ones that are actually closer to animals. They're the ones that are actually the true savages. And then they built up such this this. I don't want to say warrior, but they built up such this 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 conquering mm. uh, barbaric mentality. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the entire podcast is like that. I'll say that much, too. Like, the whole thing, an hour and 30 minutes of basically that kind of talk. Um, and surprisingly, even though that got a lot of attention on social media, that's not really what got him in trouble. He got in trouble for the Jewish comments. <laughs> um, and they acted quick. Viacom pulled all of his shit off TV. Wild and out. That same day, I've never seen a TV show get pulled this quick. I Even Bill did. Cosby, they gave Cosby a few weeks. Yeah. But they pulled yep. Wild and Out the same day this podcast came out and got traction on social media. Um, they played Family Matters reruns, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> or Fresh Prince, I think it was. Yeah, Fresh Prince reruns. Yeah. yeah. So um, in, the, in the blowback from all this, uh, Nick Cannon is initially defiant. He makes a long Facebook post saying how he's done so much for Viacom and he's not going to back down or apologize. And he says they lied because apparently they said that he did not try to apologize or make amends for his comments about Jewish uh, communities. And he said he did to them and they ignored him. So he, he made a long post saying he is not going to back down or apologize. And he is a boss and yada, 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 yada. The next day he apologized <laughs> on, his, on Instagram. He said, first and foremost, I extend my deepest and most sincere apologies to my Jewish sisters and brothers for the hurtful and divisive words that came out of my mouth during my interview with Richard Griffin. They reinforced the worst stereotypes of a proud and magnificent people. And I feel ashamed of the uninformed and naive place that these words came from. The video of this interview has since been removed. So Pop shouldn't apologize, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he did a full 180 from his previous stance. So a lot to break down here, man. Uh, I think they also said his new talk show, which was supposed to air, I guess, soon, is going to be pushed back a whole year. Um, but he had officially apologized. Um, he mentioned he's going to take a break from his radio show as well. Mm. So yeah, he, he's on some kind of timeout, man. I think he's just going to disappear for a while Dang. and he'll be back with the yarmulke on. <laughs> so, oh, man. <laughs> man. so, uh, 
there are a whole lot to break down here, man. The Jewish stuff, the white stuff. So, shoot, Brandon, we're going to start with you, man. We, we got to mix things up and go and go with you first, dog. <laughs> How do you feel? Is this a deserved cancellation? Or do you think that this was a overreaction to, you know, what you thought a podcast would be with somebody like a... Uh, so since we're on a podcast now, when basically this is now set the president for you're going to watch your words with your employers <laughs> on what could be said on a podcast. Um, I'll I put it to you like this. In 1989, Professor Griff, Richard Griffin, as Nick Cannon referred to him as, Professor Griff said that the Jewish people were responsible for the wickedness of the earth. He combined that and some homophobic things he said in interviews as well. And he got kicked out of public enemy in 1989. Like we're talking like peak, like hello woke public enemy. And public enemy would have broke up had fight the power not become a big blockbuster record, right? Like had you know do the right thing not come out, made it some major things. Like, oh yeah, this thing's a wrap. So that's what I do then. I was like, hmm, why did, why would Public Enemy not back off that? They would fire Professor Griff. And then, you know, um, I saw Naima, Naima Cochran, who does a lot of great research with her, um, her various threads on Twitter and social media. She reminded me of the fact that Def Jam was their distributor was Columbia Records at the time. And Columbia Records was owned by CBS. So CBS has had to deal with some variation of Professor Griff saying something wild and crazy for 30 years. You think they must say, plus Nick Cannon's an executive over there. So again, this is one of the situations where have you said this conversation, if you had this conversation with an intellectual, like a professor or somebody at, at Howard, then it may have been gone, it may have gone a little bit smoother because they would have stopped you and be like, hey, 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 all that, that <laughs> melanated hotel stuff. Like, ah, ah, you might want to slow down. But no, you're in unison and in concert with someone who not only agrees with you 100%, but is hyping you up to go harder. <laughs> Griff was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, remember, um, I don't know, uh, Fig, y'all know you may not know, but I know Ryan knows. Remember, uh, Train Places with Eddie Murphy. And, uh, oh Dan yeah, Edward? yeah, yeah. Remember mm-hmm. when, uh, remember when uh, Eddie was in the jail talking shit, and uh, <laughs> he, he get in two bluff dudes like, I heard you got your own limousine outside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly he- what Professor Griff was. He was yeah to everything. So where Nick Cannon. I think what he messed up at was allowing him to have this conversation with Professor Griff in the first place. Because this was this ran on June 23rd. The video went up June 30th. It didn't start getting like recognized until somebody took that little small clip it. This little clip it. I'm thinking snipping and clip at the same time. Uh, this little that little clip that we played earlier and posted it on social media and wondered like, okay, so wait, when is Nick Cannon going to get canceled? Because it's anti-inflammatory, it's you know, it's a little, mm, little, little nutty, little out there. But then again, I think what people have to realize is that there are people who've been raised on this type of logic, they're late raised on this type of thinking. You know, they've been raised by the teachings of Minister Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, and they believe that you know what Nick said, there wasn't anything wrong with it. 
And it's like, why do you get why do you get let go? And to me personally, I think when you make a broad assumption or broad generalization about like say just white people in general and saying like, hey, they can I say their whole you know existence is based on raping, pillaging people, pretty sure you're not gonna find a whole bunch of people who disagree with you. Because if you go through the history books, whether it be the Vikings, whether it be the Spaniards, whether it be um, the explorers of this particular continent, they'll all tell you that. You wrote the Jewish people into that and it's like, wait a second, time out, sir. Time out. You can't necessarily rope in a people who have been just as oppressed in various ways as you have been. And then later go on and say, you know, later basically denounce, you know what I'm saying, their actual oppression and say did not, in a way say it don't happen because you're saying that we're the true Hebrews. So I said, we can't be anti-Semitic because we're the Semitic people, right? Yeah. You can't say that because now you're basically just putting a whole cloak and a whole wet towel over a whole people whom in a lot of historical situations, we've been taught like, yo, the Holocaust, bad, super bad. Jewish people being forced to, you know what I'm saying, endure in Europe and also here in America by taking on jobs that they were that were initially denied to them. And they end up now creating these stereotypes of, you know, Jewish people being moochers and all these things like that. These things, these, they, these stereotypes came from what they were denied. Yeah. Right. So then, you know, saying you get Nick Cannon basically saying this and spouting a lot of this. And he loses his gig. And a lot of I saw a lot of people saying, oh, he can take it to BET. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> let me explain something. Let me explain something to y'all right quick. I know y'all two know it, yeah. but for those listening, let me explain. Television, like network television, is primarily owned by three companies. <laughs> Disney, Viacom, Fox. And what's the fourth? What, what's another one? Maybe NBC. Is, them, is NBC? Comcast. Comcast. There you go. There you Comcast. go. Comcast. So yeah. So it's, it's Fox, Comcast, Disney, Viacom. They own they own the majority of your television that you're watching. And like you say, hey, go to BET. Viacom owns BET. Yeah. They own Comedy <laughs> Central. They own Showtime. Then I seen somebody say, oh, what if he takes it to Netflix? Well, I say, you it out uncensored. They already bleep out the cuss words on regular TV. Yeah. Does unbleeping the curse words make Wilding Out better? Yeah. And they, curse words. and they own they own Wilding Out, right? Because Nick can't And just, that's another thing that we yes, found out. He, he, yes. yes. He, he, he can't Nick just Cannon take it and go somewhere else. Nope. Nick Cannon built a quote unquote billion dollar brand that is not even his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is he, which is kind of common because if somebody yeah. When somebody comes to you and you go to somebody and say, hey, I got this great, great idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you necessarily ain't going to keep the whole thing. Right. And you don't read that paperwork because yeah. you don't understand the splits. Yeah. And plus, during that time, he probably was like, hey, I'm cool with this. I, you know, it's a yeah. start. So. So <laughs> for all in all, I think what occurred in the, in the, the aftermath of, this, of these things getting pulled is Nick had zero idea that the backlash would be as swift on both sides. Mm-hmm. One, for him apologizing, and then for him not apologizing at first, right? Being very stern and stubborn. 
had Nick apologized straight up and realized the error of his ways, he probably would have been cool. But now that he's apologized and there's a whole bunch of people that shouldn't be in his ear saying, oh, you should apologize, you should have stood on your own too, da, 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 da. Like, bruh, I get what you're saying here, but also you have to realize something. I'm partially responsible for a whole group of people. Like, I have a whole TV show. And that TV show pays people. And they get residual checks with that show is still on the air. Like, they get, you know syndication money right and now they done lost that so now mtv's all they gonna show is old team mom episodes and uh ridiculousness <laughs> i had to i had to throw i had syndicated it was straight i was still part of team nick you know what i'm saying i am thankful that i still got you know the mass singer but again that's fox mm-hmm. and who knows right mm-hmm. like so nick cannon is blessed to be in certain predicaments certain situations do i think it was an overreaction by Viacom? No, because they literally did this shit 30 years ago. They've been through this road before. They ain't going yeah. through this again. I just, I also, and again, like I said earlier, I think when you have very tierce conversations like this, it better be in a form where, and you better also know your shit when you're, you're having these conversations because we are in 2020 where anything you say could be considered inflammatory. Anything you could, anything you say or post could be considered something worth canceling over. See Deshaun Jackson, see Steven Jackson mm-hmm. in regards to posting uh, quotes about, you know, uh, posting anti-Semitic quotes that initially they attributed to Adolf Hitler. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Rule number one, there is never a but after Adolf Hitler. <laughs> never. It's, it's, if I say, let's say, I've seen people say, like, don't get me wrong, you know, Adolf Hitler had some some wild, crazy ideas, but I'm like, no, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as but no. Nah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. always tricky with that too, because like even if you go over to Germany, like I never been over there, but I knew some people who who have been over there, you can't bring that up at all. Like here in America, you could bring up slavery with no problem and it's it's no big deal you uh, you see people still flying the confederate flags and you know even though we don't like it it's it's a free country so they could do whatever they want over there they can't even bring they can't even bring that shit up even you'll be arrested they don't play with that yeah yeah so i think any type of comment like that is 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 iffy like you can't even bring up that's like a lot of people try to bring up oh we were you know Treated worse than Jews, or you know, little stuff like that. You you can't really bring that up. They they don't even want to acknowledge it. Even if even Germans don't like talking about that. So it's uh, to me, it's kind of I kind of like that for the simple fact that they know it's wrong, and they they don't try to defend it at all. They you know they know what happened, so they just try to I guess delete it out of history, and uh, and move forward. So you don't have people like, hey, oh, Adolf, but Adolf Hitler did this, though. I understand he did that, but, you know, it, there's none of that. There, There's no excuse for that. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't get Nazi apologists over there, but you get Confederacy apologists over here. You get a lot of butts. Crazy. You get a lot of butts when it comes to anything over here that had to do with black people. 
The it, Civil War wasn't really about slavery. You know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and lie for no reason. Yeah, like that. that's why we get it's into bullshit. these. That's why we get into these um, arguments. Like, like I wonder how how it would be if we had a chance to just move past slavery not bring it up and they acknowledge it that it's wrong like they messed up on that let's move past it and not you know let's ban this flag i wonder how stuff will really be truth and reconciliation man but unfortunately we'll never know because that never happened yeah you, but you get stuff like we need to get over it <laughs> yeah and that happened too long ago why y'all keep talking about it <laughs> exactly man boy oh boy <laughs> Brandon brought up a lot of good points. I want to touch on some of them, but Figgy, I want to get your reaction first, man. What, what was your whole reaction seeing this whole thing go down? Was it a worldly cancellation? Were you up with the keep day hat saying, go brother <laughs> preach? Or were you like, man, wait a minute, this dude's tripping. I'm, I'm always iffy about that type of stuff. Like, I'm okay if people feel that way. I don't personally feel that way because I feel like, I, don't, I, I feel like all white people are not bad. I, I hate when people use like a broad term like they, they, they all do this. Like I, I feel like that's unfair. I hate when they do it with black people. I hate when they say, "Oh, black people are thugs." No, it's some thugs all over the all over. So don't don't paint us as all thugs. So I, I felt like he kind of did that with the um, with the um, white people. They are savages. Like all, we all know, it's it's some good white people that's out there for the good cause. It's some bad white people, but I think that's one of the parts where I I was kind of like, eh, I I really don't like that. Like you shouldn't paint everybody as one. But it's it's always scary talking about Jews, man. Like I I don't like, I really don't like to say Jewish money and all this other stuff. You see Jay Z and um, Twenty One Sat. No, it was it. I think Jay Z got some slap for it too. Uh, when he mentioned that in the uh, the story OJ song about Jewish buying up all the properties, I think he got mm-hmm. a little kickback from that. But LeBron James, remember he was he he sung a Twenty One Savage song or might have something like that. But yeah, he had to apologize for just saying he got that Jewish money. And for some reason, like I really, I'm not, I'm not Jewish. I don't really know people that's Jewish to you know explain that to me, but. I don't know. P- people don't like that. Like people don't like you saying I got that Jewish money or I'm trying to own all the stuff like Jewish people. Like, I don't know what it is, but that's always a touchy subject and people never wins when it comes to that. So, you know, even though Nick Cannon did make this, um, you know, all white people savages, all this other, they're the real savages. Like, I don't think nobody really cared about that. It was more about the, you know, when he brung up the uh, the Hebrews comments and the Jew, I, I think that's the part that's tricky. I think that's when, you know, big companies start cutting bait with you for some reason. I don't know if it's some type of under the table deal where, you know, they, you know, need to protect all the Jews or I don't know what it is, but it's always tricky when, you know, somebody bring that up, especially when you got people like LeBron James have to come out and apologize for it. And that's you know front front line, so I I don't, I don't know what it is. I think I think people just need to stay away from that <laughs> that type of comments. I agree, man, and that goes into my breakdown as well. Um, number one, I want to review the the whole podcast as a whole. Like I watched the entire thing; it was an hour and thirty minutes long, almost. 
I watched the entire thing just for context. And number one, my few takeaways from it, Nick Cannon is not really good at this podcasting thing, man. I have to say <laughs> uh, the interview, it was, it was not really an interview that the whole podcast really had no structure to it. It was kind of like two like-minded people just rambling about shit. You know, it was a good, it started off with him talking, Professor Grip talking about his history with public enemy and what happened and what caused a fallout. But it went off the rails right after that into just the clip you heard and things like that, you know, and it was Nick Cannon doing most of the talking, you know, it kind of felt like Nick Cannon was a guest on Professor Griff's show and -hmm. not the other way around (laughs) because Nick Cannon, I felt like he wanted to say a lot of these things for a long time. And he finally has somebody around him where he can kind of show off, like, look how woke I am, dog. Like, I done did the reading, too. Mm. So there's that. I think there was a lot of ego involved here. And I think that uh, Nick Cannon took pride in thinking he was somebody who couldn't be canceled. You know, you hear it in the podcast, especially at the end. He's almost bragging about how he can do things that people can't do. And they let him say a lot of stuff. They let him wear the head wrap on TV. They let him say all this stuff about Black Lives Matter. And I think he thought he was invincible. Mm. You know, he thought he was a boss. But like Brandon brought up, you know, he all the ideas he had were making other people rich. They were on their platforms, you know. So when shit hits the fan, they just going to take that away from you and what do you have left? And he realized that pretty quick. He thought he was a boss. He's a high-paid employee. Yeah. And he learned that the hard way. Mm-hmm. Now, the comments themselves, uh, the, the the Jewish thing, like Figgy was talking about, I didn't think his comments, hearing them in context, were honestly that bad. Uh the whole thing about black people being true Hebrews, like I'm not really religious, so I don't really know or care too much about that. I'm like, okay, whatever. If you think black people are the chosen people, that's fine by me. I'm not going to argue down or say that's wrong, whatever. Believe what you want to believe. Um, I don't think it's racist or anti-Semitic to say that Jewish people tend to control much of the media we, con- we consume at the top levels and black people have fared badly as empl- at, in these systems. You know, look at the music industry, look at Leo or look at uh, Jimmy Iovine, like look at their artists and how they've always had money problems. People go platinum and then they're broke five years down the line, you know, in entertainment actors go like there's so much black people have fared poorly typically in these systems and they're Jewish owned a lot of them. I don't think that's such a negative thing to bring up, but like Figgy said, it's very touchy with them on how they, they don't tolerate anything that's even perceived as disrespect. You know, I always think about how all about the Benjamins, that one line that got censored, Jada Kiss said, you should do what we do, get chips like Hebrews. They bleep that out the unedited version. Yeah. They let Eminem say whatever he wanted to say when his debut album dropped, uh, the next Biggie album had him talking about rape, low-key pedophilia, all this crazy shit that was well, very, very, very <laughs> high-key, honestly. <laughs> pedophilia, crazy shit on Dead Wrong, unbleaked, uncensored. 
but stack chips like Hebrews got bleeped out the unedited version. The whole 21 Savage thing where he had to apologize. 20, 21 Savage made a hook, said something like, I call my chopper KKK because it hates niggas or something like that. Mm-hmm. He ain't apologized for that. Ain't nobody say nothing about that, really. But he said, he said, we getting Jewish money, everything is kosher. And he had to apologize for that. Mm-hmm. So they, I'm sorry. Like, I don't feel like that's anti-Semitic to say that you're getting money like the people who control the industry you're in, you know, but they, they don't tolerate. And I low key kind of respect that. The fact that they don't tolerate any disrespect about their culture. Mm -hmm. Jerry Seinfeld is the same way. He isn't fly with any of those Jewish jokes. You know, he don't play like that. He don't even like the N word and all that stuff. He shuts that shit down. Yeah. So I I respect it, but I also think, if you're gonna be that touchy about one race, it should probably apply to everybody. Yeah. But it seems to be only then that you can't talk about, or else you will face repercussions and people get scared. So. And the thing is, they like we we never argue about it either. Like we apologize and we move on, but then we get into debates about you know who should say the n word, and white people upset because they can't say the n word. Yes, it's, I don't know. Yeah, like I agree with you. I kind of respect how they move with that. I feel like we should move the same way, yeah, and people honestly. and people should respect that. People, it shouldn't be a debate about, hey, how come y'all get to say it and we don't, or you know, all this other stuff. It shouldn't even be that. It shouldn't even be a discussion. And we never had that discussion when when it comes to you know, Jewish uh, terms. And I, honestly, we and, and the ways Twenty One Savage said it. It's not like a diss. It's more of a, you know, acknowledgement. Yes. We we acknowledge that and we respect that. We, you know, we want money like, you know, Jewish or whatever. I hate, I don't even want to say, I'm kind of scared to say it. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, we don't do it as a disrespect. And it, it's still like, nah, that, you know, nah, we not having that. They, I understand the argument they use. The argument they use is that that type of rhetoric led to the rise of Nazi Germany, mm. where Hitler was blaming all the problems of the of the poor people on the rich elite Jewish people who had everything. I understand that, but that was a different time, and those were post World War One conditions that made that whole Nazi Germany thing too. There's not this apples and oranges thing that's going on here, but that's a whole other whole other debate. A history lesson thing there but uh to the white people comments now i don't agree with any of that shit he said honestly i thought it sounded silly even in context even hearing him preface it by whatever he said it all sounded silly to me like i don't believe it sounded like hokey ass made up science like okay whatever but i was disappointed by the reaction of a lot of black people and what they said about those comments. Uh, I heard it being compared to the KKK. I heard it being compared to white supremacists. I heard it being saying, people saying that, see, black people can be racist too. And I understand how it sounds, but people have to understand, this is not even close to what white supremacy produced. Like the reason why white people argued that we were gener- genetically inferior is because they wanted to, to have an excuse to deny us basic human rights. You know, 
So there was a method to them trying to talk like this. If a black person, like slavery and oppression has irreparably damaged the black person's psyche, all of our psyche, and in ways we don't even understand fully ourselves or conscious of, you know, we talk about how black has a negative connotation and white has a good connotation. Things like this fuck with us, man. So however you, whatever you need to do to help yourself get out of that, even if it's thinking that you are a superpowered human being because you're black, I'm not going to get mad at somebody for thinking that, man, honestly, because what does that do to white people? It doesn't oppress them. You know, it doesn't do anything except make you mad on Twitter for five minutes. Whereas when white people did this to black people, it affected us for centuries. Like there was a very, very, very clear method to what they were doing where, to, to, so I, I don't like people saying that, oh, this is black supremacist talk. See, you, you guys are racist too. No, it is a way of healing the damage that's been done to our psyche. I'm not saying it's right or should be applied to everybody, but if it helps one person and it makes them feel more confident about themselves, I can't knock it, you know, because it's not like you're going to deny white people opportunities or basic human rights because you're a hotep thinking that you're superior, you know? So that's my whole takeaway on the whole thing, man. I know I talked a whole lot, but I had a whole lot of thoughts about it and yeah, very interesting debates and dialogues going on about that whole thing. Uh, I think Nick Cannon will be all right. Yeah, you think he going to um, he eventually go to Revolt, which is a um, pretty much a, a black owned because I, I, from my understanding, that's really a black owned station, right? Yeah, yeah, Puff owns it, but yeah. here's the problem with that, right? So you need advertising dollars. Do you think advertisers are going to go immediately start throwing money? Puff's way just because he has Nick Cannon. Like, if this happens maybe, what, six months to a year from now when people start forgetting it, then maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But, like, right now, like, to have Puff basically co-sign it and try to welcome Nick in, but say before Nick actually understood what he said and how he offended people, turned a lot of people off, too. Like, there are black Jewish people, and they're not necessarily mm-hmm. the biggest of fans of, like, what Nick did. So, all in all, like if he takes it to revolt, well, I don't even know what he would take to revolt. I mean, yeah, it had to be something new. Out. Yeah, it had, had to create, be something. He had to make a, another variant of it, but I don't know. I just think that right now, just Nick needs to be supported in healthier ways right now because for him to tweet out that he feel like he let down not only the black community but also the Jewish community at the same time, at the same time, I feel like he just really needs somebody near him. Like, be like, yo, you're loved out here. You just messed up. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like it's almost like the J. Cole no-name situation, but amplified a bit because somebody actually yeah. lost something in all this. And again, I'm not saying cancel Nick Cannon. I'm saying Nick Cannon fucked up. Nick Cannon said something stupid. Nick Cannon has to be educated a little bit on this, and then he'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? It's not as if he did something to the point of it's not like this is a repeat offense that a lot of people have said, okay, look, bro, you do this too much, you do this too often, it's over, it's a wrap. Yeah. This ain't no Roseanne situation. Oh, where, nah. Where she oh, been nah. doing this shit for years, and now they finally decide to pull the plug when it go too far. <laughs> yeah, I don't like how that whole thing shook out either. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> like, 
I think Nick Cannon will be okay. Um, I think he'll take a break. I, I'm interested in, in how, because Brandon brought it up too, I'm interested in how Diddy is moving right now. Having Theracon on, having an open offer to Nick Cannon, it almost seems like I think he might be caught up in a little bit of ego too. I know he has some ownership, but I don't think he's at the level where he can say fuck Viacom mm-hmm. and survive that, you know? So I'm interested in seeing how, like, he's, I think he might be yelling a little, he might get the next cancel call too, man. I don't know. I know, like I said, he has more ownership, but I think some people are feeling himself puffing their chest out a little bit too much. Uh, and Nick can learn the hard way. I think Diddy might too next if he keeps this up, but who knows? Maybe he don't care. But do, so. do y'all think this is a um, – because I feel like they are puffing their chest out a little uh, – uh, a lot. Do y'all think it's a way to get more people behind them as far as, like, black people? Because I feel like black people, when they want to support, they can support. And it, it really shows. It, it shows when um, – to me, I think with uh, I know this is kind of a whole another subject, but when when Nike decided to actually endorse Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. it kind of showed, man. Because I feel as dumb as it was, I feel like a lot of black people supported Nike after that, and their numbers actually went Wait, up. Did we not before? I mean, no, no, we, we, no, we, no, we have, but their numbers actually went up. After the whole Kaepernick thing, and then you, you remember, you see, you had a whole bunch of white people like, "Now nah, I'm done with Nike and all this other stuff." But they, they, yeah. they didn't have to support Colin Kaepernick. They could have kept him on the shelf, but they, yeah. they pretty much took the other side by saying, "Hey, I, this is our guy." <laughs> yeah, I think it was like the right side of um, getting on the right side of history. It's almost like looking at the NFL and how they kowtow to loud races as opposed mm-hmm. to the black fans that basically said, "Now nah, we're good." <laughs> We're good with the game. We don't have to like. We don't have to watch. Like I think the NFL. We want to go back to try to retroactively uh, just 2016. If the NFL had sided with okay, um, we're not gonna listen to the president, the the guy running for office right now. We're gonna, you know, not necessarily have to deal with these loud ignoramuses because again, it's still a game, right? At the end of the day, it's a game. And if you're upset about who represents the game, then you'd be more upset at the um, the people who kill people, people who yeah. abuse their wives, you know, all these different things, right? Um, as opposed to a guy literally sitting down during the during the playing of an anthem, which he can't even get to the third verse, the third verse is racist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, you were at the concession stand. You're at you're at, you're in the restroom you're talking, you're doing whatever to not fully uh, pay attention and, you know, hand over your heart, heart in your, in your hair, in your, your hair free. Um, I just think that a lot of times we kowtow to the wrong people in terms of acceptance because we think just because they have money and they have some semblance of power that, you know, their way is right. But Again, you know what used to be right in this country? Slavery. Yeah. There used to be uh, um, Jim Crow used to be law, right? A lot of laws that we have and a lot of social laws, because that was definitely a social law that you have to stamp the anthem, you have to support the flag and all that. And then you realize 
a lot of people have so many varying ideals that they're I, that I think that's also another reason why we can't necessarily get, a, get to a, a very strong symbols on this COVID thing because nobody has a universal agreement on like what is cool and what ain't cool. Mm-hmm. They, we just don't, right? And the main thing you should have an agreement on is one, be, be you know, knowledgeable and mindful of your fellow man for one, right? To wear a damn mask and chill out. And second, you know what I'm saying? If you know that you don't give a damn about, you know, standing up for the flag, but you're upset that this person is like just sitting down or taking a knee as he was, you know, suggested to do by a Green Beret, someone who actually served, then I think a lot of ways we'd be a, we'd be a lot better off. We'd be New Zealand. If everybody kind of agreed that, yeah, man, this is what I'm saying. We kind of need to just be on one accord, we'd be New Zealand. Yeah. And we could get back to having Sunday fun days and, and wilding out at, uh, at Carol's. Have you ever been to Carol's? Carolines? No, no, not Carolines. Oh. Carol's. Carol's, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about some trip out there, man. Beautiful South Main craziness. Damn. <laughs> Go to Carol's. Go to Carol's. Yeah, but when safe. When safe. Let me let me be clear. When safe. Go to Carol's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Back to my earlier statement. I f- I feel. Like I wonder if Puff kind of like sticking his chest out a little bit because he know he got. I mean, if something do happen, he got the black vote for sure, and we will stand by no matter what. We see. We stand by a lot of shit that we don't even read on. <laughs> So I, I I wonder if that's the reason they might be poking the chest out a little more. That's that's where I was getting at. Yeah, that could be possible. But the problem is because you brought up the Nike thing too, and what they did by standing by Kaepernick. The issue there is in w- versus what Diddy's doing is Nike didn't just you know uh, pr- promote towards black people. They also promoted towards woke white people. Latino people, like everybody who knew that was wrong was able to jump on board with Nike. Whereas if you bring, if you're Diddy and you bring on a Nick Cannon who literally said that white people are inferior and that's why they rape and they're savages, you're not going to bring any of that with you. It's only going to be black people and then the, only the fringe black people who actually believe that. Yeah. So that brings in advertising problems. That brings in ratings problems. That brings in a whole lot of issues yeah. to where, yeah, I'm really not sure why he would do something like that when you know that that's going to bring in a small, not e- even small that, by blacks, and we're a minority. Yeah. But the people who that's, are actually agreeing with Nick and everything yeah. he's saying are an even smaller minority. That, that's eliminating the um, the woke white people, pretty much. Exactly. And that, mm-hmm. and that's honestly that might be eliminating some black people too, that don't really think that way. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. also one more one more point before we jump off. Um, I got a lot of I saw a lot of people talking about we got to support our own, and I'm like. Or you have to, we have to, we have to establish our own. I'm like, well, we have our own things. You have TV One, you have Aspire, you have Urban Movie Channel, you have all these different things, but you don't watch. Like, you only watch TV One if Unsung is on, right? <laughs> you only watch, you know, Aspire or UMC when there's something on. The way you support is by continually watching these products day in day out, to where 
advertising dollars are thrown at these networks to end up giving you money to now put on, you know, random shows, to put on HBCU football that you've been clamoring for so much since all the uh, the top um, athletes, well, I won't say top, but like high profile athletes are now going to HBCUs over uh, PWIs and division in the, in those division one type schools, right? Like it bugs me because you see so much in terms of complaining, but you don't see a lot of action in regards to the things we already have, like the things that we've already established. Yes. And I'm like, if y'all truly understood how television worked, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't be clamoring like this, right? If you understood the mechanisms and how things get made and how things wind up on the air and how things are basically fed to you, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be upset. You wouldn't be trying to like clamor for these things the way you are. You'd be understanding like, yo, I'm watching TV one tonight because I got a double movie on. Bet I'm watching, you know, Aspire because I got a double movie on. Oh, Fire Allen is, you know, trying to make it easy for everybody to just be to watch. So yeah. No, you're 100 percent right, man. And I also think that there are some black people who only want to support black people when they get in fucked up situations. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. It's very, it, this goes back to OJ. This yeah. goes to R. Kelly. This goes to Bill Cosby. Yeah. This goes to R.I.P. Kobe. Yeah. You know, when he caught the rape case, that's when the black community surrounded him and started loving him more. Yeah. So I ain't gonna a lie. Lot of times, I'm, I'm one of them people sometimes. I gotta catch myself sometimes because it's he, tough, man. Yeah. Because even with uh, the dude Jesse Smollett, like, I, I don't like what he did. And, you know, I think he should, you know, I think you should get in trouble for something like that, but I I just hate the way some white people were just coming at the situation where right. it, it kind of made me like, hold on, man. Like, like, no, I get what you're saying, but nah, he don't deserve to go to jail for life. Like, nah, y'all, uh-uh. Like, it kind of made me defend him a little bit. But yeah, I got to catch myself sometimes with that. Yeah, nah, man. Like, I think, like, I am down for the revolution. But you gotta give me a really, really good reason to be down for the revolution. <laughs> Out, outside of like the base value, if you want me like a, like George Floyd, perfect reason to go for the, the revolution, yes. right? Ready, I'm down for that. Nick Cannon saying something wild on this podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about to throw on the Rambo yeah. fit with the, <laughs> yeah. with, with the gray and like paint, put the eye black on the camo over Nick Cannon. Yeah, I, I just can't do it. Yeah, and I'm I, not, I'm not about to stream his music. <laughs> everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. Like, come on, I mean, talking about streaming his I may, music. I may play your pops, your pops not like me. <laughs> I may play it once, but that other record with that other guy who we cannot yeah. mention no more. <laughs> nah, I'm leaving it where it is, bro. I'm leaving it where it is. That means, look, you realize that you're at like you say stream Nick Cannon's music. That means you uh, you want me to willingly listen to Eminem disc records. Why would you want oh, that? Oh yeah, I forgot, the, I forgot, mm-hmm. I forgot all about that, man. Yeah, that Why was terrible. Why would you want that for me and you? Why? <laughs> yeah. No. Please, no. I I beg in my in my best Nigerian pigment. I beg. No. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if if streaming is like is this streaming of his music really benefiting him too? Like, do we even? Uh, he don't own that nah, shit. Come yeah, on. that's what I'm saying. Nah, yeah, nah. that's why I'm saying. Like, pennies. Want to give Nick Cannon pennies? That's what I'm saying, and yeah. that's paying probably the white, uh, the white person that do own it, the right, or the white regular label that do own it. 
So I, exactly. I, don't, I don't get when people say stuff like that. Let's stream his music to help him. Like, he don't care about that stuff, man. It's nuts, man. Like, prayer to and, Nick King, prayer to Tamar Braxton. But yeah, I forgot about that as well. It's, again, this has been a wild week. A wild ass week, man. Yeah, man. So, prayers to both of them. I hope Nick King is being like loved on right now. I'm going to say, you just had a, you had a bad week, Nick. That's all. Yeah. Worth, you had a real bad week. Um, did you have, you may have some extremists in your ear trying to tell you a whole bunch of wild mm-hmm. stuff right now, bro. Just simmer, just simmer. And just Focus simmer. on yourself, man. Mm-hmm. And to, to your point, man, I do, I have found it, as I get older, I feel like some people are more anti-white than they are pro-black, you know? And, and we don't like seeing our own get picked on by white people, so we, we attack that. But there are so many things that black people are doing that are positive, you know, restaurants, places you can go, mm-hmm. shows you can watch, but since white people don't hate it, you don't want to support it yet. So yeah. y'all be proactive about your black empowerment and don't just wait for white people to react to something before you want to support it. There are mm-hmm. plenty of black people doing great creative things out there and yeah. do some footwork, man. Don't just hype jump yeah. on whatever you see. Yeah. Ain't no point of arguing about the shit, man. Just, you know, exactly. just go to that all black coffee spot. Just, you know, just <laughs> like, you ain't got to acknowledge that, man. Just, you know, support your own, man. Yes. Support, support. All right, y'all, we have a very special guest joining us right now. Um, If you are among the uh, Houston Twitter family, you probably saw a viral tweet uh, a little while back about a young lady starting a hip-hop museum in Houston. And we're very proud to have her on. We're very glad to have something like that in our proud city, you know, with a rich hip-hop culture. And that young lady joins us today. Her name is Shelby Stewart. So, Shelby, how you doing, girl? Hi, everyone. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. No problem. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have you. Yeah. So uh, we all saw this tweet and everybody got hyped because, you know, we yeah. all kind of feel like uh, Houston hip hop is kind of underappreciated. You know, mm-hmm. people talk about the South. They more talk about Atlanta or New mm-hmm. York up north. They don't really talk about the South that much. We don't really feel right. like our culture is really appreciated as much. So. Uh, what made you have the idea to start this? Where, where did the initial start spark come from? So I think the overarching piece that I don't tell a lot of people is that I just genuinely love um, music. I love hip hop. And um, Brian, uh, Brian, I'm sorry, Brandon knows. Um, I actually um, interned while well, I was Keisha Nicole's assistant and she works for 97 on the box. So I really, really just, I wanted to like surround myself in that musical space in whatever way I could. And one day I was in class and my, I was getting my master's degree from the University of Houston and I was just with my peer group. And I was like, I wonder why Houston doesn't have a hip hop museum. And everybody was like, yeah, you know, you're right. You know, somebody should really do that. And then it just kind of became like, who better to do it than you? And for the longest, I didn't want to do it because I'm like, who, how do you even build a museum like that's that it sounds crazy but um once I finally got some of the initial steps done on the back end that's kind of where it kind of blossomed but um kind of like you said I know how I feel about my city I know how I feel about Houston and the music culture here and I know it's significantly underappreciated so I really wanted to bring that to the forefront and what better way to do that than a museum that's dope. That's dope. That's cool. I mean, really, we all we all always think about 
there should be something, there should be this, there should be that. Right. But none of us ever really want to be the one to do it, you know, because yeah. it seems like it's a lot of work. It, so. it definitely is. And truth, truthfully, I didn't want to be the person to do it because I thought I was like, man, this idea is amazing, but I should pass it off to somebody else because I don't <laughs> want to do it because it's so much that goes into it. And um, I'm only 23, so it's just like, how do I, I don't, I didn't know the first step in building a museum, but um, I got a little bit of help and it slowly just started to come together and I was able to connect with more people and do more stuff and it's come together. I honestly thought that coronavirus was really just a curse, but it turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I've been able to meet a lot more people. I've been able to connect with more people, get more support, get more funds which has really, really helped. So that's been really, really good for me and the museum, so. I gotta go back a bit. Wait, you're 23 with a master's? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I am. I graduated this past May with my master's in communications. When did so, you yeah. start college? Uh, 2014, I was 19. Damn. So, so I'm you... not a kid genius. My mom just started me in school. <laughs> yeah, the hell oh. not. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> like, no, yeah. It was just one of them situations where my mom lied to get me in school early, so I'm always a year younger than everybody else. So that's oh, it. Wow. But yeah, I turn 24 next month, though, if okay. that makes it better. <laughs> that's still amazing. Uh, I, I ain't even go to college. I, I'm not a college person <laughs> at all. So I salute y'all to even go to college and let alone you got a master's. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Fig is a straight hustler. That's what he is. Like he got his foot in the door. Like, no way. I don't need no, uh, I don't need no paperwork. I don't need no classes. Like, let's go ahead and get this work. I got a question though. Mm -hmm. Like what's been the biggest like hurdle you think in terms of creating the museum? Because I remember the initial social post and then it was just the, the HTX hip hop museum. I was like, wait, who is doing the museum? Like, and then people hitting me like, hey, uh, shouldn't you be involved in this? I'm like, no, whoever's doing this, let them kind of blossom it out and kind of like make it known. So what's been like the biggest thing for you that you've had to kind of overcome in making this happen? Um, if anything, I'd probably say exposure. Um, I worked a lot on the back end to make sure things were like legally and logistically sound before I just came out and told Houston that I was building a museum because I didn't want to be one of those people who has a business and it just didn't look right to the public. So I wanted to make sure things were done in a way that made sense. And then when people ask me questions, I know how to answer them. So, um, so for the most part, I didn't really talk about it for like a year and a half because I just didn't feel like I was ready yet. And now it's out in the open. And I think now I'm, I have more access and more resources to being able to talk to people, being able to do things, being able to connect those dots just a little bit better versus when I wasn't saying anything about it. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted it to be like professional. I wanted it to look right. I wanted it to feel right. Um, but right now, I think if anything, the biggest obstacle is um, getting more people like telling more people about it so like exposure people still knowing about it and funding because um opposed to an llc the museum is actually a registered nonprofit in the state of texas it's tax exempt so i can't earn money like everybody else can so like a lot of it's fundraisers a lot of it's donations so and that's what like nonprofits thrive on so so yeah so what kind of things you want to put into this museum like what type of items or what type of things you mm -hmm. want to build with this museum? 
Um, so my primary like goal and mission for the museum is for it to be like very, very educational. Like I want it to be fun. So like a lot of people, when I've been saying like I'm building a hip hop museum, a lot of people think of the trap museum. And while mm-hmm. that's cool, that's not exactly the lane that I'm running in. Like people can take pictures and do all that cool stuff. Yes, but I really do want it to educate people because like I said before, Houston's history and the music industry is just so severely overlooked. So I do want people to be able to see the things that we've done. So, so that's my, that's my biggest thing. Like I want you guys to be able to see like some original Houston slabs, Paul Wall's first grill, like stuff like that, I think is really significant to what I want to put in there. Yeah. I think that's super important because, you know, I'm not, a, I'm, I only been living in Houston for four years. So mm-hmm. um, my time being here, I learned a lot that I wouldn't have learned if I lived anywhere else. And um, to me, I think the stories are amazing because the story's not out there like that. But when you talk to some of the OGs like ESG and uh, Will Link, Mm -hmm. people like that, they give you some of those stories. Uh, DJ Screw is like, damn, like I I never knew. Exactly. And see, and that's what I really want to cover because like I think um, a large percent of the public, like they know DJ Screw when you talk about Houston and they know a few other people. But it's a lot of stories that fall in the cracks that don't get told. And that's what I really want to include in there. Like, I can't just tell a whole bunch of people about South Park Coalition and they just know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's what I really want to shed light on. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, I also kind of remember uh, when I was at U of H, I don't know if they still have it, but they had like a DJ Screw uh, section yeah. of the library where they had all those memorabilia. The special was... collections, yeah. yeah. yeah it's still in there. Yeah, I, I contributed to it, yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so me and Shelby both know the uh, the person that kind of curated it all together, uh, yeah. Julie Grog, yeah. who is a Houston hip hop historian to the fullest. Like she collaborated with ESG and Lil Flip, just kind of get these artifacts in, not just about Screw and the Screw in the um, and Screw the Records but the entire clique itself. So you you saw exhibit, you saw like little pieces on Lil Flip when he blew up, you saw pieces on Big Mo, you saw pieces on Hawk, on Kiki. And it was so like blown up and so beautiful. And I was like, oh, this could be something bigger. So I right. think what I think what the museum is accomplishing, and this is me hyping Shelby up, by the way, um, what the museum is accomplishing is telling the story that is so deep and so vast that it dates all the way back to the mid the mid-1980s when the first right. Houston rap song is Tyler McGregor Park. <laughs> And it's it's kind of crazy how it's kind of evolved over right. damn near 35 years, pretty much, just of people contributing to this scene and to this culture. So mm-hmm. having this here for people to kind of like understand it is a beautiful thing because, and it's funny, I was having this conversation with uh, my dear friend of mine, I think either Wednesday or Thursday, I forget which, of how everyone goes to Atlanta to film stuff or they go to LA to film stuff. They want to film stuff about New York and learn about their culture and their history. Meanwhile, you know, Houston, Houston has such a robust and divine like sound. Like this is holy ground, right? Like if you right. come in, you learn exactly. culture, you learn, you must say how hot it is. You learn how, <laughs> how wild traffic is. You Houston learn- is a lot like a melting pot. And I feel like in yes. terms like cities like it just doesn't get that credit that it deserves like we're about to pass up um 
Chicago, I'm like the largest, like one of the largest cities in the United States. And we still just don't get that credit. Like you can talk about New Orleans and people know exactly what you're talking about. You can talk about Memphis. You can talk about all these other cities, but Houston just doesn't have that same reputation in terms of hip hop music. And that's what I really want to bring to the forefront, forefront, excuse me. And like you said, Brandon, um, what I think Julie did was amazing. I think that's another reason why a lot of people have been supporting it for something to be there all the time. People can go in there, they can see it, different exhibits, different stuff. So it can really highlight what Houston, Houston's music scene is. So I'm getting excited just talking about it, man. Honestly, <laughs> Me too. like I'm really looking forward to it now. I think it would yeah, be really dope yeah. to see. I, I know it's excited myself. So I know it's still kind of early. I know you're still in the planning phases, but what is your ultimate goal for a uh, possible date for this to be completed and open to the public? Um, honestly, like my initial thought process was like a year, but um, COVID-19 really slowed that down. And honestly, I'm not sure when we'll actually feel a real sense of normalcy in Texas and Houston overall. I don't know when that'll happen, but um, I want to break ground within like, a year or so like I do want it to be um something people have access to soon but also um the more I work on the project the deeper I get into it like the deeper I fall under like in that rabbit hole I realize like this has to be a very large space like it can't just be something small like because I remember when I went to the Contemporary Arts Museum for the DJ Screw exhibit like it has to be huge like to cover all of what Houston has to offer in the music industry so yeah it's important to do it right you know that's one of the main things when you're taking on a project like this so we are very patient we're still waiting on its freeway construction for decades <laughs> okay. and decades so <laughs> we can wait for the museum since too. i was a baby so. <laughs> yeah. so hopefully the museum will be done before then so. yes yes ma'am yeah. uh so we're really excited um looking forward to it keep us updated on any any updates you got we will definitely plug you. We'll definitely promote it. Um, let yeah. us know what we can do. And everybody uh, looking to find more information, um, your social media, can you plug that real quick? Yeah. So um, if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at Shelby, S-H-E-L-B-Y-L-N Stewart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. And if you want to learn all things about the museum, you can follow us at HTX Hip Hop Museum. And that's on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also go to the website, www.htxhiphopmuseum.org. Okay, got it, got it. The whole thing memorized. That's dope. <laughs> so everybody everybody, check that out. HTX Hip Hop Museum, right? Is the yes. account? Okay, mm-hmm. everybody check that out. Subscribe, follow, promote however you can. Uh, and we'd be, we'd be glad to have you on again when there's more updates. So no definitely stay in I'd touch. Update you guys. I really appreciate the support. So definitely. I can't wait to see what y'all do Monday because, you know, Monday is a very big, uh, very big day in the city. I'm excited for Monday. So I'm supposed to be doing um, a panel on the future of Screw for the DJ Screw virtual celebration. So, so yeah, wow. about that too. Oh, that's cool. And that's going to be Monday where? What time? Um, it's going to be on Zoom. Um, Rocky has like all the details, you know, she's oh, yeah. the you whole could, uh, thing. But yeah. yeah. You could go to the website DJ Screw Birthday Party dot splash yeah, that yeah. dot com. Yep, yep. Yeah. 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 I, I want to say splat dot com. Uh, <laughs> DJ Screw Birthday Party dot splash that dot com. Yeah. 
What? I don't know. I got to talk to my sister. She that's, made that website. That's splashdat.com. What is that? That might, be, that might be a way to buy the tickets. I'm not sure oh, if that's okay. some type of website where you buy the tickets, but I want to say the, oh, tic- okay. the tickets are maybe $10. I want to say it might be $10, and they'll send you a Zoom link. And It's 10 oh, okay. or 20 I'm not sure. I don't remember off the top okay. of my head. But, but Yeah, but the money going straight up to um his, you know, screwed up shop. It's going up to screwed up records to do some renovations over there and um, DJ Screw's original Impala, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay, that's cool. Everybody check that out. That's going down on Monday on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, stay updated, follow the account, support however you can. And hopefully we'll get some more updates soon. Hopefully this pandemic will blow yes. over at some point and we'll be back to normal and we can have these dope hopefully, projects coming to life. I can't wait to bring it to the city. I really can't. But thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. No, no problem. Take care. You too. All right. So, uh, we're going quickly. I know we spend a lot of time on these topics, but I feel like they're important conversations. So we kind of going to speed run the rest we got. I mean, I don't think they're worth a whole lot of discussion, but we can kind of chime in on it. Uh, well, we know uh, Kenny Stills and Trey uh, were arrested for being at the Breonna Taylor protest, but they have been released and the felony charges have been dropped. So congratulations for that. Um yeah, I mean, I think it's fucked up they got arrested in the first place. They were peacefully protesting. Nothing bad was happening. But whatever, this country kind of fucked I, up. Yeah, so. basically, they got, they got booked on a whole, like, intimidating of a, a public official. Yeah. Five on his lawn. Yeah, which is still, like, if you elect people and they don't uphold what you think they should, shouldn't this be a part of fucking what America's supposed to be? You holding people accountable? Yeah, like it's not like they were fucking jumping on her house is and like trying to attack this person. Yeah, but I, I think that's why the charges was dropped <laughs> because they knew it yeah. was. They I think they did all that to be petty. So yeah, I think that's why all the charges was dropped. Yeah, so at least that happened, um, and hopefully I, we'll see some more progress I, on that. I don't. Yeah, every every single time I see something new in terms of an update on Breonna Taylor's case, I get more, I get sicker, right? Yeah, I'm gonna say not only was she alive after she got shot eight times, she was alive like twenty. They, she was, she was at least alive for six minutes before they even thought about this can render an aid. Yeah, and then they didn't do it until twenty minutes after the fact. I'm like, yeah, it, yeah, like we could spend, we go all day talking. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I had to, I had to catch my spear on. It. <laughs> that upset me a lot too. I saw that that news be reported. And just the just the rest of three men that are yeah. yeah. I'm not even on a meme type thing. Just the rest of three dudes. Yeah. yeah. I I I thought this whole protest thing because I felt like it got the spotlight because it was Kenny Stills, and you know he's an NFL player and you know obviously played for the Houston Texans. Yeah. yeah. It was weird just seeing some people weighing in on it because you had some people weighing in saying you know they was wrong for um, doing what they was doing. And it's like, man, this this is how protests go. People get arrested at protests all the time. My thing is, have you ever heard of a, a protest that was like hunky-dory and, and beautiful and just like, and just like, yeah. oh, like everybody has seen Kumbaya? No, protests, yeah. those kinds of protests is, is to disrupt. Yes. Yeah. Like disrupt whatever comfort you have right now. 
Yeah, that's why I respect people who protest like that so much because you're literally putting your life on the line. Yeah, and, I mean, you can't know. even about it. Can't even about it. Uh, Portia Williams, who's who basically yeah. is invoking all the spirit of her grandfather in these protests. Yeah, um, Andy. Nika Mallory, like, it's a lot of people. Why be a Corday? Like, that was a name. I was like, I don't oh know yeah, Cordae. yeah. <laughs> so I forgot about that. He was. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, like, this was like the one protest you had like a little bit, a little nugget for like every single like aspect of life. And what's nuts is I think McLean said it on their radio. Cause they, so I think someone said, hey, "Do you think the Texans are gonna do something about Kenny Stills?" Not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, Bill O'Brien wouldn't do anything to Kenny Stills. He likes Kenny Stills. He understands <laughs> what he's doing. And uh, yeah. I just think, no, there, there's no way. There's no way he would do something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, he, he, my, yeah. My, my, my plan's getting better. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. The, the the facial expression is there, especially. You always look like he's about to fall asleep. So yeah, <laughs> you, you nailed that part perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think Kenny Stills getting released or traded or anything. Nah, honestly, wide receiver number one. Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. honestly, I, I mean, I, this ain't a sports podcast, but I think Will Fuller probably gonna get cut. But that's a that's a whole another discussion. I, nah, I don't know about that, man. Hey, cuts? hey, hey. What do Bill O'Brien look for in players? Tough, smart, dependable. He is not dependable. <laughs> Oh, I was like, wait, wait. What yeah. is, uh, I just don't, I just don't think he, I, I think they are going to roll with Brandon, um, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Sk- um, Stills. They brought him in uh, for a second round pick, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, just, I just think Will Fuller is that might be the odd man. I out. think, I think they're going to roll. Uh, they, they pissed off Deshaun Watson enough when they traded D Hop. <laughs> I don't think they're trying to really infuriate him anymore. So I think they're going to roll. Maybe he – I think he probably gets cut the next injury if it happens very, really soon in the season. I think he'll get cut after that. But I think they're going to try to roll with him because they know they have a connection there. So, yeah, yeah that, I think yeah. Sean yeah. would maybe riot if yeah. that happens. So, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just think they got a lot of people they, they could pass the ball to, man. You uh, And then the way they want to use David Johnson, I just don't – I don't know. I just – I think one of those receivers ain't going to be getting them touches. And I feel like Kenny Stills is one that need to get get the ball because I I thought he was all right, but they really ain't been using him like that. So, I mean, go ahead, Ryan. Again, no, I, that is again. I I told you when I gave up my fandom of that football team. <laughs> I said you want to talk about the Washington football team and how they don't have a nickname. The football yes. team on Kirby is what I refer to that team. I gave them my fandom the day they made that trade. I'm done. Like I ain't got to do it. Like the moment Deshaun, like the moment Deshaun leaves. Oh yes, okay, over. I'm good. I'm gone, it's bro. Because again, no matter what that relationship was between Hop and O'Brien, no matter what the relationship was, you find a way to salvage it. Because of to, to to take care of one person, the franchise quarterback, you're gonna probably have to pay three hundred million dollars to mm. the next few years. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Um, I don't think they're gonna cut Will, but at this point, nothing will surprise me. You know, after the D Hop trade, nothing surprises me. They could trade D uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised now at this point yeah. because I never thought they would trade D Hop, especially when they had all the leverage to keep him. So. Yeah. Nothing's out uh, out of the ordin- out of the realm of possibility to me now, man. I, I don't count anything out. Anything could happen with this team. 
Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Now, speaking of giving up your fandom of a local team, mm-hmm. I almost did when I saw this image Ooh. on social media. Okay. So James Harden wore, finally showed up to the NBA bubble in Orlando. There are conspiracies about him possibly having COVID and not revealing it. And that's why he was late. He said he was dealing with a family issue. I think he was probably just enjoying his last party day before he had to lock down. You know, I think that's what happened. I think he, he likes to get it in and he knows he won't be able to for the next few months. So he had to get it out of his system like Dennis Rodman, man. <laughs> so I, I, uh, James Harden showed up to the bubble and he was wearing a mask that is basically a Blue Lives Matter mask. It, is a, it had a skull on it, an American flag with a thin blue line which represents the blue lives matter people who think that black lives matter is attacking them and police police like, like, well, whatever, I'm not going to break down the whole organization. They basically bullshit. And James Harden was called out for possibly supporting this. And he claims that he just bought the beard, bought the, uh, the mask because it covered his whole beard and he thought it looked cool. It was not a political statement. He does not support anything like that. And he even talked that same day, he talked about the things he's doing and supporting Black Lives Matter and the whole George Floyd situation. So he, he it wasn't like he made some weird statements while wearing the mask. You know, he, he wore the mask, but then said all the right things for us. So what do you guys think happened? <laughs> do you guys think that maybe he's a low-key supporter of this or do you think it was an honest mistake and he he just was was just mass shopping for anything that he thought looked cool figgy we'll start with you man what do you think bro i think it was an honest mistake man he to me i feel like the people he hang around um are pretty much for the stuff we you know we preach about so i i could ask i, I ain't gonna lie the mask kind of look cool i ain't even know it was a Blue Lives Matter type of uh, mask. <laughs> but honestly, if it wasn't that, the mask looked all right. It's, it's blue. It, it got it, it looked it looked all right. <laughs> like I I'm not you know, I'm not down with that. I'm I'm down with the police. I'm cool with the police and you know, but I'm I'm not marching down with the blue lives matter thing. But I I thought the mask looked all right too. So I could see him actually getting the mask and didn't even know what it was about. And, you know, using it because it covered his whole face or his beard or whatever. So I, I kind of believe him, man. I think he thought it was a cool-looking <laughs> mask and got it and got all that flag and he said, oh, I, you know, I ain't wear it because of that. It's kind of like it's kind of like when Bootsy wore the, you know, fraternity jacket or uh, whatever yeah. he wore and it got a lot of flat for it and didn't know why. And didn't really understand why people were so mad. I've, it, it, this kind of remind me of that situation. So I'm, I'm not really mad at him, especially if he explained himself and said all the stuff he do. But I, I never really took Harden as a guy that you know, as a blue lives matter type of guy. I, I, I felt like he down for the people. I also forgot to mention the Young Thug uh, tweet because Young Thug jumped to James Harden's defense. He made a tweet. He said, just so you know, James Harden is my brother. 
<laughs> By the way, he don't have internet, so he obviously don't know what's right or wrong if he posted something that's against us. But I hate when rappers get in niggas' biz like it can't happen to them. Buster niggas, Buster let niggas clear up, clear they shit. I don't know what the fuck he was saying. Clear they <laughs> shit up activists. He is referring to Trey Songs, by the way. I forgot to mention that oh, too. Oh yeah, Trey Songs said uh, he quoted. <laughs> Trey Songs quoted the picture with uh, James Harden wearing the Blue Lives Matter mask, and he said, "This is clown shit. I'll say it for everybody who's scared to say it." You know, and I think that's why Young Thug replied like he did because Trey Songs, of all people, for some reason, called out James Harden for this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Rocket's fandom jumped down uh, Trey Songs. I think he <laughs> he's still getting attacked probably to this day. <laughs> but now that we have all the facts out, Brandon, what do you think happened here, man? Honest mistake or just some weird fuckery going on? <laughs> to Figgy's point. Like if you don't, if you if you have the mask and you take all the context out the mask for what it means, the mask is gotta fly. <laughs> <laughs> the mask is gotta fly. Like had it been like okay, like had it been like the punishment, like the punishment little like skull, but you mm-hmm. also had like the, the outcast version of the of the flag and it's all black and white, I'm like I'm Look, I, <laughs> see, I would have been a little more offended if he came in here with an American flag. I would have been like, damn, you you know, all the stuff we're going through and you proud of this country. I would have been a little more upset. I thought it was just a I thought it was just like an all black mask with a little blue lining and I'm like, okay, that shit look all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So then, like when I because I seen it Thursday, I was like, only the Rockets would bring back slander in the NBA bubble. Only the Rockets would do it. Of course. Of course. So like I've met James on a few occasions when he's promoting James on weekends. Cool dude. Um, he pretty much is oblivious to a lot of different things because you know he's in his own world of Frenchies and strip clubs. <laughs> and cool. You know, so for him to wear a mask is like okay, the mask looks the mask looks cool. It does. Do you support it? No. <laughs> what it mean? Nah. Because again, like. For him and his beard, and his beard being a very serious thing for him because it, it makes him money, right? You know, so he was like, I need a mask as like a shroud. Like, I need it to cover up my whole joint like I'm a ninja. And then, you know, you, you just stop at the, the counter stuff. Instead of getting some switches, you would see this mask. But you know, get that right quick. <laughs> so it was it was that. I think a lot of people made a, a lot of it because James Harden the easy target. Like, had it been LeBron, it could have been a whole international incident. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. It would have been like, oh, oh. So you were at a blue lives matter lab, a blue lives matter lab mask, and you have the support in China. <laughs> I, dog, I'm not even gonna lie. I would have been on LeBron's ass if <laughs> if he wore this mask. So I can't even front, man. I, it would have been nonstop tweets coming from me about this fool. So yeah, yeah. I can't, you know, and, if it was LeBron, oh shit, it would have went down. And see, and it would have been fair to do it because LeBron, I mean, honestly, he's political. He he yeah. weigh in on yeah. that type of stuff. James Harden don't give a shit, man. He do whatever he wants. He don't care what anybody got to say. I, I was surprised he addressed it. But he he the type of guy that don't give a shit. So that's I mean, why. Okay, wait, that's wait, why, wait. That's why he I gives got, a shit. 
but not in a vocal type of way. Yeah. No, he ain't no. on Twitter like we on Twitter. That's, right? what, that's what I'm saying. He he not the type of guy that see what people saying and have to defend himself like that. I, yeah. He I, I feel I, like he, he yeah. honestly thought the mask was cool. Look cool. Yeah. And he got like, it. Again, remember when uh last year before the season before this season started, how he got heated over the uh over um uh, Giannis winning MVP. Like he like he yeah. finally spoke up about it, right? And it found it took him like three mm-hmm. months after the season was over to finally like talk. So again, James is one of the few celebrities I know that like if it's on Instagram. Mm, whatever, right? Yeah, I'll post on the gram. If it's on if it's Twitter, you get nothing but uh um game photos, uh <laughs> generic as you know, striving to be great, um swag team, uh swag chance on three, uh a Nipsey hustle verse, mm-hmm. a meat meal verse, or a young thug verse, and going on about his day. Like you don't post on Twitter that often, so he's not involved in the same like day-to-day stuff that, you know, Trey Songz or Young Thug, maybe. Which, by the way, Trey Songz has gotten activated, I would say. Yeah, none of them was activated. In, uh, <laughs> started calling out racist da- daily. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, you have the opposite of that, which is Tyler Kweli, who has always been activated, but now he's used his activation to be very upset at a tweet that, you know, he... Because, basically, a woman said that, you know, most rappers, they don't marry black women. And then somebody somebody suggested, gave a list, a rundown of a lot of... Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to my dude, Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> Nigel. Nigel, Nigel yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Nigel showed a list, uh, came down with a list of artists that marry black. And then the woman, to her credit, is like, well, yeah, they marry black. They also marry light-skinned black women, right? Oh, like, my God. Like, again, like, in a way... She has a point because you know there kind of is a colorist thing, and if you if you think about it, Houston hip hop uh, may or may not have contributed to a lot of colorism. Um, mm. in the early- oh yeah, the yellow bone. Yep. Take yep. <laughs> yeah. Light skin. Take me a nice yellow bone home. Red, red bone. Yep. <laughs> yep. So so all it was was almost all right, but Kwali. So, basically since his name is involved in it, oh, he got offended. And mm. he's been going in for like a whole week and everybody's like, yo, like, chill out. It ain't that damn serious. <laughs> so one one more thing before we can wrap this whole thing up. Um, l- let's recap and get Brandon's thoughts as well on the Jada Will August Alcina Red Table Talk. Um, our last podcast, it had dropped like right when our podcast started. So we did watch it, but we didn't have a whole lot of time to sit on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, August Alcina did have a interview that came out this week um, where he kind of briefly touched on it. He didn't go into details. He basically said, I said what I said and didn't really confirm or deny anything else. He was he said he didn't even watch the Red Table Talk, you know, and he saw some clips and he didn't really seem it was very weird because he had uh who was that lady he dissed out of nowhere for no reason? Kiki Palmer. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he that was the only person he responded to while that whole thing was going on. <laughs> but he talked about that too. Apparently something where she thought she was with he thought, I don't know. That was kind of hilarious. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh so 
Brandon, you saw the Red Table talk, I know. I did. Uh, you've, you've read the interview. I have. Has your perspective on this whole thing changed or who who do you who do you think is in the right or is anybody even in the wrong? Ain't nobody in the right, ain't nobody in the wrong. It's a relate it was a relationship, right? And you know, when you're in a relationship between, you know, two people can have two totally different opinions on how that relationship works. It's very rare that everybody's like agreeing, like, yeah, that's what it was. And even August will admit that he and Jada were in an entanglement, right? It's very complicated, very passionate, very strange relationship. I got into an entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know what I'm saying? So he does the interview with Vulture um, with uh, Craig Jenkins, shout out to Craig. Um, basically saying, you know, he's never, he didn't even really watch it. He watched a few clips and was like, I would agree. Yeah, it was one of, it was an entanglement. Then he was on uh, Lil Wayne's Young Money Radio last night. Um, talking about how he still loved Jada. You know what I'm saying? He still always had love for Jada. And I think that what it was was that, again, you're always going to love somebody that put them intangibles on you. And anybody in, in this room, we know the intangibles is not sex. It's that grown conversation you have. Mm-hmm. It's that grown conversation you have three o'clock in the, in the afternoon and you think about, dang, hey, babe, I want me a sandwich. Well, Honey, I understand you may want you a sandwich, but if you had thought about like the contents of this sandwich and what you really want involved in this sandwich, and you sit back like, damn, she didn't talk me some shit. That sounds terrible to me. Honestly, <laughs> I would <laughs> I would leave it. Like, it don't even have to be about the sandwich. You <laughs> like something like you feel like you got to no, learn. I, feel, I know what you're saying. I feel you, man. Yeah, yeah, but but the thing is that like I think August is a very appreciative of moments. He's very appreciative of being caught up in these situations where he learned something and he was able to feel and appreciate something. So I don't, I mean, he can say whatever about being preyed upon. I'm like, it's kind of weird. Like, hey man, she treated you like most politicians treat. Uh, Let me say this right. Most politicians and or Washington football team executives Hmm. treat relationships (laughs) as in you are close. So therefore I'm going to shoot, right? I'm going to go ahead and shoot this shot. So, again, I still feel kind of offended if somebody used my whole relationship I was with with somebody as a stepping stone to get their marriage back in order, and then they hit, then they hit me at the end with the "we ride together, we die together, bad marriage for life." And yeah, I high five. That was like, so don't damn high corny. Five, don't you high five on what happened with me and her? Don't you do it? <laughs> so, I mean, look, August say he cool, he cool. I'm not about to approach this no more. Outside of the little jokes I may have, <laughs> the the again I've seen Jason's uh, lyric, I've seen low down dirty shame. Jada could have entangled me too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's out. Diggy, what do you think about the uh, uh, Will and the lady who only whose only good thing she ever did was marry Will? And oh man! Oh, wow. yeah. oh, you heard that? <laughs> you know, I gotta get out of again. Wow! Uh, you heard that too, huh? <laughs> Niggas. <laughs> she she's only known for being with Will Smith, apparently. <laughs> Dog, you guys, you were upset. Y'all were heated, man. I, 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 I was like, yeah, every black person that sits ten came in the studio. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it's no what's funny is it sounded like I was like defending her like she was just this A1 actress. And I'm like, damn, I'm not even saying that. 
but like we knew who Jay the Picket was before you know Will before they was married. Mm-hmm. So she she had her own little career. We we could argue and debate about how good it was, but we had I mean we knew who she was before. We can name everything she played in. So I I still to this day I always think of her as Jada Pickett. So I don't look at her as like oh that's Will Smith's wife. And if she you know whenever she passed away I'm not gonna look at her as like oh yeah the the wife of Will Smith passed away. I'm like nah I, I, maybe that's a white people thing. Maybe white people only know Jada Pickett as Will Smith's wife. Yeah probably. I'm not saying a white okay. famous thing versus a black famous thing. Hmm. It's kind of like how nobody knew about Travis Scott until he got with Kylie Jenner. Exactly. You no, know, we all knew who he was, but we knew about him from years. Until, yeah. 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 I, I don't know. That was just weird, man. I was like, bro, like she she had her own career <laughs> before Will. Smith. She was she's the definition of that '90s actress, black actress. Oh, so yeah. she's in there with the Lisa Ray's, the uh, Nia Longs. She's kind of in that category. So yeah, that was, that was that was crazy. We that came. Was, that was funny though. We came in there like the nation of domination. <laughs> <laughs> we like what? Wait, 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 Long, What? Oh, right, not Neil Long. The whole black yeah. Congress come up. Yeah, <laughs> the six ten black. We call it the six ten black caucus. <laughs> All us, us three brothers up in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We came in there like wait a minute, and not to mention we all thought Jada Pickett was cute. Mm-hmm. Was fine back in the day too. So mm-hmm. yeah, we like nah. You ain't about to say that about Jada. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> get a feeling like oh oh oh. Yeah, I ain't saying she need an Oscar or nothing, but nah, you ain't about to do this disrespect towards Jada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say, we seen set it off. We seen Jada live. We seen no doubt. Right. We was there for a different world when she was hitting on uh, Dwayne Wade. We was there. Against <laughs> two society. Yep. Mm-hmm. We was there. The or- the original entanglements. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh <laughs> I just man, dog, you're right. That's exactly what happened. Except prison was involved, but he did give Kane her his blessing. Yeah. <laughs> Holy I got shit! Into an I just, entanglement. Oh, that was exactly Whoa. what happened. Oh my god, man, we uncovered something. <laughs> oh, we did. Somebody might have made the joke already before, but no, nah, I never even thought that exactly what happened, man. <laughs> and sidebar, uh, I always say that uh, uh, Brandon at 6'10 looks exactly like that dude who played uh, 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 Jada Pinkett's locked up boy. I forget no, not name. Glenn Plot. Not, not OG does, Bobby man. The dude not OG also- Bobby Johnson. <laughs> OG Bobby Johnson. Oh, he yeah, looks yeah. just like that dude, man. <laughs> OG Bobby Johnson. Yes. Oh man, he, he played in a Brandon lot of looked. shit too. What else he played? He played in a lot of black shows, black movies. I forgot his real name, but Brandon Scott looks exactly like look. Look at the screenshot of that guy, uh, Jada Pinkett's boyfriend or baby daddy in prison. He looks exactly like Brandon Scott, man. With oh, drip man. Everything. So uh, it's not a diss, man. They, <laughs> man, we all look like somebody. Yeah, <laughs> somebody said I look like Kobe. I was kind of upset. You say you look like Kobe? Yeah, somebody said that. What's wrong with looking like Kobe? People love not. Kobe. No, it wasn't even a bad thing. It was like I never heard that one before, right? And I'd be like, I've seen somebody. Okay, so there's an actor in uh, South Africa, mm-hmm. 
straight up doppelganger, like no bullshit, like straight oh, up down. It's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. That and I think somebody a few years ago said, I might say if I turn my head a certain way, I look like DJ Clue. I'm like, all right, look, we're just not, we're just gonna stop this, okay? <laughs> we're gonna stop this whole Brandon Caldwell looks like thing right here, right? <laughs> hey man, that's not a bad comparison. I got Jared Jack for me, so. <laughs> Jared Jack. <laughs> so yeah, ESG uh, said you look like you Carl got Kobe. Crawford. Yeah, some, somebody yeah. else said Carl Crawford. I got Carl Crawford. I've heard LeVar. ESG said LeVar Ball. I don't see LeVar Ball. Uh, no, I, I can crack that. on myself, but I don't see no LeVar Ball. In me, uh, I, you know what, Ryan? <laughs> all all light-skinned dudes with ball heads, y'all all matter. Yeah, exactly. They all match us up together, man. So, Thank you. Whatever. Uh, I know you got way off track. Biggie, what, what, did you have any ending thoughts on this whole saga, on the whole Red Table Talk thing? No, nah, not really. I, w- I was more surprised of... Um, um, certain people that really don't know their relationship to be shocked. You, you know, you had some people like, man, Will Smith looked soft, looked like yeah. he was about to cry. And I honestly, I think he was pissed off that he had to sit at the damn table because he, this dude would be doing everything else. So now I got to give you some of my time to explain some shit that happened four years ago because you got caught up and because <laughs> some, some nigga you was messing with want to tell our business. So I think I think he was more pissed about that. <laughs> that was that was that's kind of my final takeaway. I don't think he was sad or you know embarrassed. I think he was more pissed off that damn like you ain't you ain't kept your hoe in check. Like ain't none of, <laughs> none of my hoes is coming out here saying yep. I did this. So like, that too, that part you, too. You, like you messing, bro, we like, messing with some R and B nigga that ain't even hot time. now. Look, my takeaway is straight. How y'all hit tank was using us for album promo? What is this? Yeah, some nigga that ain't even hot now. <laughs> like, this nigga ain't even a top R&B nigga right now. And now, ranking up shit from four years ago. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I would be pissed, too, if I had to sit there. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I think it's basically a cap on this now. The only, uh, the only thing that's interesting to me is that uh, in the interview with August Alcina, um, the dude Craig, Craig brought up the fact that uh, they said that they were broken up mm-hmm. and August Alcina kind of implied that that wasn't really the case. He just said, look, I said what I said, how I said it, and that's how it was. He didn't really clarify on it, but... I think they they made up the whole we were broken up thing to kind of save face from embarrassment because this is how they really roll on the regular and yeah. they didn't want to really go all that far. I, so I, I agree with that. I, f- I feel like they I, I I didn't buy them saying they were separated during this time. I felt like that was all a lie. He kept saying I was done with your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I, I don't believe that one bit. I feel like they threw that out there just to say that kind of get rid of the whole open marriage uh, yeah. narrative. So I, I don't buy that at all. I totally believe August when he said Will gave him his blessing. <laughs> so I, yeah. I feel like they were still together. Will probably doing this thing. And, you know, yeah, I totally believe August on that part. I I, I think Jada and Will was full of shit. <laughs> When they and they kept bringing it up too, like mm-hmm. I was done with your ass, and I ain't think I didn't we, think I was ever gonna talk to you again. Like, yeah, y'all have kids. How y'all never gonna talk to each other again, man? Come on now. Yeah, it's a reason why this marriage lasted this long. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not Bad marriage for life. I'm not yeah. And then he mentioned how um I'm gonna get you. Maybe I should get you back, which was so random. Yeah, because he said Ooh, that no, so randomly. And she no, was, it wasn't. She she was like, no, nah, I think you got me back already, or we don't need that. Like nah, that, yeah. I I think that was all that was joking good. around. Yeah. You think it was jokes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think he's particularly gonna get some revenge for this? Uh, shout out to Margot. I am only going to say shout out to Margot Robbie. Shout out to who? Shout out oh, to Margot Robbie. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I think that probably went down, but I think it was me more than that, honestly. I think that's just the one that was most public. I, yeah. Looking at the stuff that was going on at that time, Will just didn't give a fuck, dog. <laughs> like, he was all pressed up on her. I'm like, man, you ain't even trying to keep this shit a secret. I'm surprised nobody talked about that more. <laughs> they had that film come out, that shitty shit that nobody watched. Maybe that's why nobody cared. <laughs> but that whole press run, they was pressed up on each other like a couple. I mean, Focus was kind of aight. Oh, you saw it? I saw it. It was aight. Yeah. That, <laughs> all, all his movies are aight now, man. He used to make good movies. <laughs> and now yeah. they're just aight. <laughs> but that's a whole other topic talking about Will Smith's shitty selection of movies. So uh I think that's about it, y'all. We could wrap this thing up. Um special thanks to uh, Shelby Stewart for joining us and talking about the Houston Hip Hop Museum. Looking forward to that. Make sure you follow that. Um also it's at htxhiphopmuseum.org. So check out that website and support however you can like to thank the uh, brilliant Brandon Caldwell for joining us and giving thank us his take you. on all this a weekend full of spiciness so <laughs> hey, look may next week not be as wild as this one can it just simmer can 2020 just give us like a break just a tiny yeah. one and <laughs> as I say that something crazy just may just happen right Shit. now I mean, no problem yeah we're in the third quarter right now <laughs> the game ain't even over yeah. Nah, nah, nah. Twenty twenty is brought in, brought back into starters, and they're already up like thirty nine and nothing. <laughs> I have a prediction that November will be unlike anything we've ever seen before in our lifetime in November. terms of fuckery. November. So you got we need election? at least a couple weeks to prepare for that. Yeah, you got the election. Election time is gonna be wild, y'all. Yeah, and might have the NFL plan too. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna look ugly. Shit, August is gonna look wild at the beginning because apparently yeah. baseball and basketball back at the same time. We we gonna look back at the simpler times when we talked about Megan getting shot in the foot. Yeah, you no. Know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember when that was a big deal? Can we go back to that week? <laughs> wow. Yes, uh, of course. Uh, much love to Megan Thee Stallion. Of course, we ain't this. Get well. Yes, get well soon. Um, also, RIP again to John Lewis. Um, just had to throw that out there again, man. Lost a good one. Lost a soldier, man. So, RIP to John Lewis. <laughs> and that's it. So, for the entire cast and crew, which is just us at Gems and Juice, <laughs> we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for look, look, looking at the stream if you did. And we out.